Good morning. This podcast is brought to you by America's Teachers. Thank you so much to America's Teachers. Unfortunately, they have no money to uh, sponsor a podcast, um, so give them more money. They don't want your appreciation. They want your money. Buy some school supplies and give them to your local teacher. Buy a teacher breakfast, buy a teacher a beer, do something for a teacher. They are underpaid. Welcome to Down by the River. My name is Terrence Hartnett. I am your host. I am in Lubbock, Texas, where this interview was recorded. I'm still in the house where this interview is recorded. I am in Corey Evans's house. My van needs a new transmission. So shout out to the transmission heads out there who know about the first transmission that needed to be replaced. Because we're getting another one. We're getting another transmission. Do I sound insane? I'm alone in a house and I need to pay a huge van bill okay (laughs) because it's driving me insane but it's good it'll be fine it's gonna be better um the old girl will be back on her feet in no time and i'll be out of here headed to denver for a great headlining show on march 26 with harris alterman anyway okay anywho uh Corey evans is on the podcast i knew him as a comedian in chicago we were acquaintances comedy friends and uh, when it came time to come to Lubbock, I had to make contact with him because we're in West Texas now. We're up in the little the little stovepipe part, the little square part that sticks out up top. That's where I am now. And I didn't know anybody at all besides Corey uh, for 500 miles. Um, so I came up here from Houston a few days ago. We did some shows in Lubbock. We did a show in Amarillo. It was fun. Corey's a teacher, okay? That's how we bond. I used to be a teacher. I was a high school English teacher for three months. That's my joke. Uh, and um, I always thought about it. I loved teaching. I went to school for teaching. I have a master's degree in education. And I always thought, is it possible to do comedy and teach at the same time? And I thought it wasn't possible to do both of them well. Um, but Corey's proof that you can do both of them well. He's a very funny comedian, and he's a very good teacher. Um, I can tell by the way he talks about his students and his stuff that he's a good teacher. Anyway, um, we talk about teaching and like how, how his new life is and the comedy teaching push and pull. This man is always tired. This poor man is always tired because he's trying really hard to do both. He doesn't want to let either one slack off. And if he's going to let one slack off, unfortunately, as he dis- discusses, it's going to be comedy. Why would it not be comedy? Why would you not? Let- <laughs> you're going to have 30 less seconds of self-deprecating humor, or you're going to have <laughs> 30 points uh, SAT score drop. I don't know. Whatever the, whatever the, however the kid would suffer. And yeah, we talked about education. We're sitting in his garage. We had a great time. We had a great talk. You know, we went we went super long, so we're just we're just hanging out, um, and then we continued to hang out after the uh, after the mics were off. Um, and I'm staying at his place. He's the best. Um, Corey Evans rules. Um, check out Corey Evans and uh, take it away, Steve. Because you're a man, you, I had this experience the other day where I was like, "How old are you?" I was I was hoping you're you're older than me, and uh, you're younger than me, and you are a man. You own a house, you have a job, you teach. Like you're like in a lot of ways, you're like you're like the you know not there before 
not <laughs> there, but for the grace of God go I. But you have been full time teaching this whole time. You've been doing comedy. Yeah. Um, and I basically, when I started doing comedy full time, stopped teaching full time and just like subbed or took. I never t- taught full time. I always it was like a long term sub. That's the that's the most serious job I've had. It's like a three month stint covering maternity leaves. See, I kind of have an opposite thing though, because like the reason I taught full time was fear. And I, of what? I, fear I, I of do money? Love teaching. Fear of f- yeah, money and being failing broke? and being. And it's so stupid. I have such a real fear of, um, being homeless, and that will never happen because, like, even if I fuck up, like my parents make good money, and my parents yeah. are the type who they're not going to give me everything, but they'd be like, "Oh, like you can't make rent for three months. We can cover your rent for three months." Right. And that's also the big thing about owning a house too. Yeah. Is like I have to admit, like. A big part of the reason I'm able to own a home right now is like my parents were doing well. So my parents helped me with the down payment when I needed help. Right. A little. Uh, Yeah, a little bit. And then my parents paid the mortgage the entire time my brother and sister was here. And then my last year of teaching, I used to work when I was student teaching. My last year of student teaching, I was drowning. Like just like because it was I, I would get up at seven. I'd go student teach until 4 p.m., I would change into clothes for Slotsky's, drive to Slotsky's, <laughs> and work at Slotsky's until 9 p.m. What were you doing there? I was, uh, that jumped back and forth. I worked at Slotsky's for like six years. So usually during the school year, I would work as just like a cashier or someone making the sandwiches. And then in the summer, I would go work in Midland for my dad. And like if a store needed new management, I'd, I would take over for a little bit. What did your dad do? He the owns the Slotsky's. Okay. And Midland Odessa. He doesn't own, own them here. So it's during, a, is it a franchise? Yeah. Okay. It's uh, started in Austin. Look at that. Is that a sandwich place? What are they yeah, it's uh, it's a sandwich place. Uh, do you know what a mufflata is? I don't no. even think I'm saying. It's, they don't even have that anymore, but that's what it was modeled <laughs> after. It's like this New Orleans sandwich with like, uh, it's got like black olives on it. And so that's kind of what it's modeled after. Wait, it's, the main ingredient is well, what's the? Why is black well, olive so important? I, so like, there's like, and I, I'm, I know I'm saying it wrong, but it's something. It looks like it's spelled mufflata to me. Mufflata. It's uh, French, probably. Probably because it's New, New Orleans. Orleans. Yeah, and so, but they have like a weird olive mixture that's like that goes on it, and so I think Slotsky's started with that, and then just developed, and now like, Slotsky's has something called an original, and it's like black olives, cheddar cheese. Ham, salami, mustard, lettuce, tomato, onion. Sounds and that's great. Like their, that's their main sandwich. Sounds but great. They're just like a kind of kind of fancy sandwich shop. <laughs> and your dad owns one of a franchise? He owns four of a franchise. Four yeah. franchises. Mm-hmm. And you, did you work at the one in Chicago? Well, you were, no, there you wasn't were... one. That, it's mostly in Texas. Right. Uh, I worked. So I started working there in college in Midland for my dad. Then when I moved to Lubbock, my dad doesn't own them here. But I was like, I already know how to do that. It's a pretty, yeah. I'd done it long enough to turn my brain off at it. Like I love that point, oh, that job. I, it's such a good, if I could find a job that paid really well, like not even really well, but as much as teaching where like I could learn to turn my brain off, I think I'd do it just to have energy, like because now I don't have yeah. any energy coming home. Well, okay, okay, good. That's what I wanted to know. That's that's what I, I mean. Like that's what that's a big curiosity for me because like I always told myself 
you can't be a good comedian and a good teacher at the same time. You can. You did it. <laughs> but I thought that yeah, you couldn't. And um, I, I am happy with my choice because, I, I mean, like, I think I, I was able to work at comedy really hard and I was able to, like, get good at comedy. But I also have nothing to talk about besides, yeah. like, whatever my stupid life is, waiting tables or whatever. Um, and I'm not, like, contributing to society. Like, that's in Chicago at points that was, like, sort of my insecurity. It was, like, what am I really doing? You know what I mean? Like, am I, what am I really doing? Nothing. I'm just, like, grinding, doing all fucking open mics and hoping to get on a bar show. Yeah. Like, that's my <laughs> life. Like, it seems so insignificant. I mean, I love, I love comedy so much. Yeah. But teaching is like heroic and you're contributing. You're doing something that's supposed to be done. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I will say one, I do think it's possible to be a good teacher and a good comedian. I don't think it's possible if you're doing comedy and teaching, you can't. It's like I could be a better teacher if I didn't do comedy. Okay. I could be a better comedian if I didn't teach. Right. Like, it is taking a hit, but I think... B plus at both. <laughs> yeah, it's like I could push up... Well, I've also, I've often thought about, like, man, if I took all the time I spent writing, if I took all the time I spent waiting to go up at an open mic, like, especially... I've moved to Lubbock and coronavirus has shut down the scene, but, like, yeah. Houston and Chicago, it's like, if I really sat down and went, how much time... And not saying I'm, like, grinding my ass off, but how much time a week goes into comedy? Like, even if it's, I'm not writing, but I'm at this bar waiting to go up so yeah. I can, it's, like, 25 hours at least. A week at comedy? Yeah. I think, yeah. 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 With all the downtime and all that, yeah. And, and so then, especially in Chicago where I was going out every night, Houston, you can go out every night, but it's not really worth it. A lot of the time, but in Chicago, it's like easily I was spending 25 hours a week and maybe one hour of that, like I would actually like grade and work on teachership. But I was like, if I spent 25 hours a week saying I'm going to do that on top of teaching, put the, put the same amount of time, quit comedy and just try to become a better teacher. Like, I think like I'd be one of the best teachers in the world. I know yeah. that might not be true. I don't, but I don't, I don't doubt it. I mean... But that's the problem with that's one of the, it's one of my issues too was like I'm like well what is the like the best comedian in the country is like you know a millionaire doing fantastic uh -huh. a billionaire I guess Jerry Seinfeld I don't think he's the best comedian but whatever yeah um, most most successful comedian yeah exactly okay. most, exactly so right but then the most successful teacher is still miserable still worrying about what the principal thinks about uh -huh. them still dealing with administrative bullshit and standardized testing. And all this, all the stuff that comes with it. Like you're talking about the, you had testing the other day and you came home and talked about it and it was so frustrating to even hear about the yeah. testing. And that's, I, I think like, that's also a big thing with me with comedy is just like when I'm weighing the two, you know, one teaching is just safer. Like as far as like, if we're just being like financially, yes. teaching is obviously safer. Yes. Like there are not like, there's nobody who's like. Like you never go into teaching school and you're sitting around with your buddies and you and like no one's like you know best like best case scenario one out of ten of us make it to become teachers like mm -hmm. that doesn't happen, <laughs> but you work for someone and like it, it's not just like you work for there's so much about teaching that I hate uh, like I have a morality clause so like I could get in I could get fired for drinking at a bar really like being really drunk at like, a bar no like. Just drinking in a bar? That's not going to happen. But, yeah. like, there's basically a morality clause that is purposely vague where they can go, 
if we think you aren't living morally, we can fire you. Damn. And so, like, it's never happened to me, but, like, there have been teachers who are, like, go to a bar, drink a little bit, a parent sees them, like, out. Probably not, like, a bar, but, like, sees them drinking at Chili's, because I, I think a parent at a bar doesn't care if I'm drinking. Right. It's like, hey, I see you. You're at the same bar I'm at, buddy. Yeah. yeah. But, but it's Chili's. But, like, yeah, like, a Chili's, like, like, they're having family dinner, I'm getting a drink, and, like... Someone could complain to my principal. I wouldn't get fired. Yeah. But, like, well, so, like, my girlfriend lives in a small-ass town, and she, like, has to drive out of her way to buy alcohol because she's just, like, one of my kids is going to be talking about it, and then it's a thing, and I don't think she'd get fired. But, like, I I would not be surprised at all if I ran into a parent at United and I was buying a six-pack of Reds. Like, I would not be surprised at all for my principal to come up to me and be like, Hey, so-and-so called and said they saw you buying alcohol. And I don't know what the conversation would be. I know it wouldn't be you're fired, but like, I think she'd be like, maybe buy alcohol somewhere else. And I'd be like, no. And so like teaching has a lot of weird shit on top of it. Yes. Well, and that too, where it's like, right. Could you get fired for your act then? Oh yeah. I could for sure get fired for my act, which is why, I mean, I go by a different name. uh, And it's just like, I don't think I should be fired. I really don't think my act's offensive. Like, nope, I I don't at all. I agree. And, but it's just like, I could for sure get fired. I I had someone once see my act and try to get me fired because, and I I'm not. I don't even consider myself atheist anymore. But I like said I was atheist, and like they like called up to the school and they're like he's atheist and they're like well legally we can't fire him like yes nice <laughs> thank you first amendment right the first amendment and the thing the thing that sucks about that is i understand where that parent came from because when i grew up very religious every time i heard about an atheist teacher it was like through those chain messages where like a teacher would like do you remember there used to be like MySpace messages and it'd be like, oh, this guy, like, here's a true story about a professor in college who stood up on the first day and said, raise your hand if you're a Christian. And people raised his hand. And he said, by the end of this class, you will not believe in God. I'll prove he's fake. <laughs> and then something insane happens. And like, <laughs> it's so dumb. Is it a Christian message? Like, is there like a story? It's where... a Christian message. Yes. Like the one I remember, there were two versions of it. Both were great where it'd be like this professor would start the year raise your hand if you're a christian by the end of this by the end of my class you are not going to believe in god anymore i will prove to you that only like anyone who believes in god is not an intellectual and so the end of the year comes and then last day of class he goes all right raise your hand if you still believe in god and one guy raises his hand and then the the professor holds up the piece of chalk and says if god's so real he'll stop this chalk from falling to the ground. And and then he drops the chalk and it falls in his sleeve and it like rolls into his pocket. Oh, cool. (laughs) Yeah. And then there was another offset of that. Fun. Where it was like, it was this really weird offset. Exact same setup. Same, like if this chalk falls to the ground and then an ex-Marine stands up and punches him in in the face and (laughs) says, God was busy protecting our Marines, so I'm going to do it for him. (laughs) And it was just, but they were sold as real stories. And so like in my head, when I was a Christian, if you would have been like, if someone would have came up to me and been like, hey, you're going to be in this teacher's class? He's an atheist. I'd be like, oh, and he's going to try to make me be an atheist. So like I kind of understand, like I I think that's kind of a normal thought. 
But it's not the case. Uh, no, not like, it wasn't the case with you either. No, and like, and now I'm like I don't know agnostic or something, and like my kids will ask me. I used to be even scared to tell kids, but my kids will be like, "Oh, are you Christian?" I'll be like, "Ads." Ah, I, I don't know. Like, I don't go to church. I, I like don't consider most myself. Most adults would say something like, I don't know. Because, you know what I mean? Like, because they don't. I mean, like, even if they are Christian, they're like, I don't know, but I have faith in God and Jesus Christ. But I don't know for sure. I'm just a human being. Yeah. I don't know, right? Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, well, this is a Bible belt, too. A lot of teachers would just be like, yes, I believe in Jesus. Like, yeah, And yeah. it's it's very... Which that should be just as fireable as I'm an atheist. It should yeah, well, be just and neither as bad. of them should be fireable. I agree. All. And neither of them are legally. Neither of them can be fired. First Amendment, America. But, but like, I could see like being here. I had someone ask when I interviewed in Houston, not here. They're like, "What church are you going to go to?" And I was like, "Legally, you're not allowed to ask me that." Love and it. love the answer. And I did not get hired there. But like, because <laughs> that's for sure. Because here's the thing. That's such a bullshit question because you don't get in trouble for asking it. But, like, if you say, like, you have to answer it and then I'm not going to let you. That's where it actually becomes illegal. But yes. so, like, you can ask that. And I just go, like, I don't have to answer that. You're not supposed to ask me that. And then they go, well, the person who would say that is someone who doesn't go to church, which is kind of true. Yes. Because, like, if someone asks me where I go to church, I'm going to assume, like, oh, if I just tell them I go to church, they're going to be like, he's a Christian, he's a good dude, we're going to hire him. Right. Oh, God. So it's just like a catch-22 where, like, they asked me that, and I was like, I know I'm not going to get hired, but I am going to tell them they can't ask me I that. respect that. But, yeah, it's kind of like a, a cop being like, oh, can't you look, look around your car? And you'd be like, do you have a warrant? And he's like, well, now I know I need one, and I should get one because you've got drugs in your car. I hate those catch-22s. I I see that all the time on, like, TV. I watch so many cop TV shows where, like, someone's like, I want a lawyer. And they're like, that means you're guilty. And it's yeah. like, this is so stupid. Oh, man. I'm a son of a lawyer. So I'm, I'm always, like, itching to be like, get a warrant. I would love to. <laughs> like, I cannot wait to say, you got a warrant? Show me the warrant. Or, like, am I, am I, am I being detained? I Like, I, those videos... I love those videos where the the guy just tells a cop like, "Am I being detained?" and he has to like let the cop has to like let him go. <laughs> See, I love I, it so much. When I was in college, I used to have this fantasy about getting pulled over and the cop being like, "I'm gonna search, yes. search your car," and I and I always wanted to be like, "My glove compartment's locked, so is my trunk." And the yes. only reason I wanted that is because I was like, I learned that from Jay Z. Like, so the trunk in the back. So if you want to look, you don't need a warrant for that. Yeah. <laughs> and that's literally how I learned about it. I was, I was like, okay. <laughs> So is the trunk in the back. Um, so you this this school in Lubbock. You were teaching in Houston before this. I was teaching in Houston. Yeah. Houston. How how does the how do those two schools compare? Uh, this is your best teaching job so far. This, you told me. this is. I mean, it's hard to tell because it's a COVID year. A lot's going on. This has been the hardest year of teaching ever. But because of COVID. Because of. It's like COVID, I'm teaching, instead. I've always taught English, I'm teaching humanities this year, so I'm learning how to teach that. I'm learning how to teach virtual kids and in-person kids at the same time. Oh my God. And so it's the hardest, I've, it's, this has been the hardest year of teaching ever, but I've had enough, like I pulled back enough to go, oh, I think next year, this will be my favorite job that I've had. You can tell from as the far school as teaching. the administration. It's the like, I, I do, you know, and I, I think I've complained to you a little yep, bit about like right. my boss, but I love my boss. Like nice. there are things where like, we're very different people, but like, I'm like, sh like she cares. Like, and she's there 
and she is trying to do what she thinks is best and like you know like the kids know her that's a big thing is like a lot of times the kids don't know the principal unless they're in school like yeah, and yeah. all my kids know my principal uh i work with uh I work with a lot of people. That's, like, a weird thing, but I'm not great at making friends at work. And, like, this uh-huh. is, like, Chicago, I had some friends, but it took a little while. Like, this is, like, I'm, like, oh, it's, like, ha- half a year in. And it's, like, I have people that, like, I would, like, hang out with. Like, not, like. Legit Yeah, friends. like. Yeah. Yeah, we. I, you saw me confirm one last exactly. night. Exactly. <laughs> hey, you're my friend. Yeah. Well, yeah. They, 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 one of them teaches at the school, or they both teach at the school. One of them teaches at the school. Yes. And then um, the the guy you met last night, uh, his wife teaches at the school too, and okay. like, and they're just like, that's a weird thing about coming back to Lubbock is Chicago. Honestly, I had. Like I had a lot of people I talked to. You like talk, we talked. Yeah. We never really hung out. This no. is the most we've ever hung 100%. out. Hundred percent. And I'm like, oh, Terrence is cool as hell. I know. Like, we should have been too. hanging out. <laughs> this happened to me a couple. It's happened to me a couple times during the pandemic. It's like I, like I'm like, oh well, like you know, we're, we're both in Austin. Let's let's hang out. And I'm like, oh man, like Tyler Fowler, I hung out with yeah, him in Austin, uh-huh. and I was like. Where the hell were you, man? Four <laughs> years. I could have used another, like, he's another, like, thoughtful, sensitive guy who's, like, worried that people don't like him. I'm like, that's my thing. I love it. Like, we should have been there. Uh, comedy is so weird because there are people you spend 20 hours a week with, and you see them all the time. Yeah. And you're like, I don't know if we're friends. Like, But you know what they jerk off to. You know yeah, I know how, so what their dad much is about like, them. you know where they're from, their whole vibe. And yeah. there's a lot. I, I love comedy, the honesty. Like, some people are just, like, pure jokes. But, like, yeah. you know, it's like there are some people I hang out with them all the time because they're at the same mic as me. Like, it's, especially in Chicago. I know what their biggest fear is. Like, I know, like, their biggest failure. And it's just, like... Like and someone be like, "Are you friends?" And I'm like, "I could tell you everything about this person. I hang out with them ten hours a week. I don't know if we're friends because like I've never. There's a weird step in comedy I've noticed where like, because someone did it with me in Houston. He was a very nice guy, but he was like, "Hey, you want to go have dinner?" And I was like, "Oh, you want to like pitch a show or something?" And he was just like, "No, you just want to write. Like, <laughs> yeah, like do you want to write jokes?" And he's like, "No, do you just want to go like have dinner and hang out?" I respect that because usually it's like. It's the it's the it's the just the illusion that we're gonna like write or like do jokes yes. or something like that. Um, but you're not. You're just you just want to go be friends. You know what I mean? I think being an adult man trying to make friends is so hard. Cause one, it's so hard as an adult man to go. I want to make friends. Exactly. Like vulnerable. Honestly, vulnerable. if someone told me that right now, I would be like, I felt that way four months ago. And you're still a loser. <laughs> like, <laughs> man, I've been there too. But right now, I'm not there. So fucking beat it. Get the hell out of here. It's just, we are so bad at emotions. Like, yeah. even that's the weirdest thing about comedy too. Is we go on stage and we be very vulnerable. And I think we know like vul- being vulnerable on stage is good. Yeah. But then like we still can't be vulnerable in real life. Real life. And like, yeah. it's so hard. <laughs> and like. And asking, like, if we went to a mic together, and in Chicago, we knew who each other were. 100%. We, if we saw each other, we talked. Exactly. We weren't friends. No, we were, I mean, we were comedy friends. I think like, there's a different thing. It's like, yeah, like we were, okay. I would talk to you. I could talk to you for 20 minutes outside of an open mic. Like, we're friends. You know what I mean? Like, uh, but we, we, weren't, we weren't like, I'm like, what are you doing this weekend? What's going yeah, on? But Not like that. Because that's scary. Like, mm-hmm. if I saw you in Chicago, this would have been, what, 
three years ago? Because you is that how long? I ago moved you uh, two and a half. Two and a half. Years okay. Ago. We were just hanging two and a half years ago. We we're just hanging out a mic before you announce you're going to move because I feel like people try to hang out with you when you announce <laughs> you're moving. <laughs> I love the announcement. It's before true. Before you announce you're going to move, like it's From just Chicago a normal day. We yeah. go to an open mic and I go. Hey man, do you want to grab dinner tomorrow? That's scary as like, hell. What are you hitting me. on me? What are you? Yeah, and it's that's scarier to me than like asking a girl who I'm interested in, because like at least if that girl is like, what are you trying to get out of this? I can be like, well, you're attractive, and like you know, like maybe we'll hit it off, maybe we'll have sex, like, and like that's easier. Yeah. Then like, what are you trying to like a friend? I just need Gross. a friend. Gross. <laughs> I don't. I really Stop. don't know what it is, but I hate it. But comedy is good for that. I mean, guys my age who are my friends from not not comedy, they're like all like they're kind of locked in their relationships, and they're friends with their girlfriends' friends, mm-hmm. or they're friends with their friends from high school. They're not making new friends, which I think is like so great. It's so nice to like yeah. relate to people as like we're both in our thirties. We're doing this. You know what I mean like. I mean, like, yeah, making friends is good. I don't have to explain why making friends is good. Yeah. But, like, people don't get to, like, have a, a large social group after college. It just that's the last mm-hmm. time you have a large social group. Um, or that's community. the last time it's easy to make friends, I 100%, think. 100%. 100%. That's, yeah. That's, and I was saying, that's why I loved coming back to Lubbock is I have friends here. The comedy scene's so small that, like, you really are, like, friends with most of the people. And then I just really lucked out at the school, and it's like, I have friends. Like, And I was even telling my girlfriend, I was like, I have two sets of friends. Like, I can burn one. <laughs> like, I can <laughs> I fuck up with burn. one and still – because I don't think I've ever had that. I think I've had, like, <laughs> Chicago – I had a couple of people I was close to, but most of them were teachers. Like, I had two or three teachers that, like, I were – these are people – I'm two hours outside of the city and my car blew like, and they're going to come get me. Nice. Right. And, like, I had a couple of comics like that, but not a lot – and then, but it's always like, but if I fucked up, like, that's another anxiety I have. It's like, what if I do this thing and I say something so insane that everyone decides? It's such a middle school fear, but everyone decides. Corey sucks now. We're done with him. Well, I mean, with the internet and shit like that and with our communities, like, people, we have, we do ice people out. Like, we, we are like, okay, we agree that this guy is a creep and uh, he's bad to women. And so we are going to ice him out. No shows, no mics. You're done. You know as I mean? we like, should. As we should. But, like, we all have that fear, like, that we're going to be, like, we're going to get that for no reason. Like, yeah. That's a possibility. My fear is, like, to I'm going to get it, like, I'm going to be, like, I have prostate toys. And everyone's going to be, like, we're done with Corey. We're done. We are so done with Corey. Bye. <laughs> we can't deal with this. Good night. <laughs> Goodbye. Even last night, those people who came to the show who, like, I am, like, I think we're friends. Like last, yeah, right. They came to the show, so and I was like, like "Man, I'm gonna go up on stage and I'm gonna say something, and they're all gonna stop, decide <laughs> to stop talking to me." Like, but it went great, right? They liked, they still yeah, liked they you. liked it. They're just good people. Like that they, wasn't gonna happen. Very good people, exactly. It's but I was scared of it. Irrational fear. It's an irrational fear. It's. I'm just. I'm. I'm a scared person. Me too. Well, it's anxiety. It's social anxiety. You're afraid. Exactly. Um, so yeah, just to reveal, you taught in. You taught in. Was it Houston? No, no. It was Chicago was your first real teaching job after school in Lubbock, Texas Tech? I taught for six months in Odessa. So just kind of... Texas? Odessa, Texas, yeah. Right by Midland, Texas. I was living with my parents in Midland. Cool. And the idea is I knew I was going to Chicago. Midland, Odessa pays a lot of money because it's an oil-filled town. It's expensive to live there. And I was like, I'm going to go live with my parents for six months, save up money so I can go to Chicago and have a little bit of a safety net. What kind of job was that, six months? It was, I took over for, yeah. uh, they also are very low on teachers. 
And so they had a class, and they're like, do you want to teach seventh grade English? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, great, because we haven't had a teacher for that class all year. It's just been a substitute every day. Jesus. And it's like, that's how hard it is. And that also, the one is my first year, but that was the worst job I've ever had, because these kids had six months where they didn't have to do anything. Yeah. Like, can you imagine? One day with a sub is tough. Six months with a sub, it's like, and this isn't like, they didn't have computers. So, like, now... Like, I think if something happened, my school couldn't get a teacher to teach English for six months, they could be like, well, we can at least, like, have the kids jump on this computer program that's supposed to teach them how to read better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's not ideal, but it's better than just being like, well, there's a sub who doesn't know how to teach English, but we just need an adult in there because we're not allowed to leave them in there by themselves. And it's just going to be pandemonium. (laughs) And then these kids' minds were blown because, like, I got there and I was like, no, I'm a teacher and we're going to learn English. And they're like, no, No, (laughs) we're not. (laughs) Absolutely not. So I taught there for six months. That's the hardest. That's the hardest job I've had. But it's that first one, that first one in Odessa, it's been a weird, that was the hardest job I had, but my principal thought I was sent from heaven. She thought I was the best teacher in the world. (laughs) And I need that because I have anxiety and I think I'm going to get fired all the time. Yeah. 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 Then I moved to Chicago and I taught at the school and I loved that job because I was very close with my, uh, my co-teachers there. But like, that was a place that really like the leaders of that place really admired type A people. Okay. And I'm not that at all. I'm so unorganized. I'm a relationship person. Like, I don't even know if I'm good at teaching, but I know I'm good at building relationships with kids. And like, they wanted teachers who could be like, here's this lesson plan. And here's what I'm going to do if they don't understand, which is great to be able to do like scaffolding. Yeah. And like, and that came easy to them. And that's, Good teachers do that. Like, I'm not shitting on those teachers at all. It's amazing. Boring teachers do that. <laughs> they they suck. The kids hate them. Principals love them. That's a bad teacher. Or, like, a boring teacher. But, like, that was a place where, like, they just... That was a really weird place where, like... And I did not ever feel safe there as far as, like, my job goes. Like, I was like, I could get fired any day. That first one? Odessa? And, no, no, Chicago. No, Chicago. Chicago. Odessa, the principal, loved me. Chicago, I loved the kids. I loved the school. But I felt like I could get fired any day. And that was stressful. Was it the West Side? Right? Yeah, West Side. West yeah. Side uh, over by uh, See, a, little, a little west of Logan Park. Okay. Is that what it's called? Logan, Logan Square? Logan Square. Okay. <laughs> west, it doesn't matter. Yeah. West uh, West Chicago. I remember that. So you remember we did we talked about teaching at some point. So I was okay, like yeah, teacher, yeah. Um, West Side. I remember that because um, teachers are interesting. Teachers are interesting to me. I think I think I think comedians make great teachers. Teachers make pretty good, like, pretty good comedians. Like if I if there's like an ex teacher comedian or like a teacher comedian, I'm like they're gonna be pretty good because honestly, like it is that there's complementary skill sets. Yeah, and teaching is funny. Like there's yes. funny shit. I will say the one thing I hate. And I think it's almost become hacky now, but like when I I really hate hearing people do jokes about how much they hate their kids. Like it's the Louis C.K. thing about it's the same. And and, and I don't think it was hacky when he did it. But like I've seen a lot of like teacher comedians now who'll be like, yeah, I teach sixth graders. Fucking hate those dicks. Yeah, they're all assholes. And I I'm just like, and I get how that. I get why it was funny when it first started. Because, right. like, do I hate my kids? No. But, like, do I feel like I hate my kids sometimes? Yes. Some days for sure, yeah. But now it's, like, to the point, and I also think not being able to, like, I 
maybe I just am more of a teacher than I think, but I'm like, I don't want to hear about how you hate your kids. Like, no, I think it's fucked up. It's, it's, well, also, either I don't believe you or I think you're a bad teacher. Yeah, and I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't think it's funny for you to be a bad teacher. Exactly. That's probably the teacher in me, but like, I really, I love teaching. I hate it and I love it so much. (laughs) But like, I'm like, nothing about teaching that I hate is about the kids. It's about shit that doesn't deal with the kids. Extra. And like, for you to go up and be like, I hate kids. Yeah. It's like, either you're not good at jokes, like, you're not like going to be original and think of your own joke that Louis C.K. didn't do, or you really hate these kids and you should never teach again. Yeah, I'm, I'm worried for the kids. I'm concerned for the education. That's what's also like. I'm like, I didn't want to be a bad a te- I didn't want to be like, like I'll slack off at my like waiting tables job. Who cares? Yeah, slack off at your teaching job, and you're like taking up a spot that a really good, inspiring teacher could have. Yeah, and that's. I think that's the hardest part about combining the two, is I've worked at jobs before I started teaching where I worked more hours than I do as teaching. But I could still, I didn't, I wasn't tired when I went to comedy because like, like we talked about earlier, you can shut your brain off. Yes. And there's different kind of exhausting. Teaching is physically exhausting. You, you are expected to be standing most of the day. You're standing like, all day. I, I've worked at places where they're like, if I come in and you're sitting down, that's a problem. Yeah. And I, I think that's extreme, but I agree with them. Like you shouldn't be sitting most of the time as a teacher. As a rule of thumb, it's a good, it's a good idea. Like at least 80% of the time you should be standing. Yeah. And then... So it's physically exhausting, not like, I, and I understand it's not physically exhausting like construction is, like, sure. I'm not trying to say that, but there is a physical tiredness about it, but more it's than as that. as tiring as waiting tables, probably, yeah. right. And then, and, and servers always complain about their, their backs and shit, and uh. I'm like, it's just standing and walking. I mean, it's like, it's not a gulag. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not a terrible place. But I think the worst thing is the emotional exhaustion. It's just like, you come, if, if you are a good teacher... One, and people disagree with this, I do not think you can be a good teacher without caring about kids. I like, agree. And there are people who are like, you can be a good teacher and like, like not be mean to the kids, but like not like get it. But like, for me, like, I'm like, you got to care about these kids. And like, and it's just how the world works. It's like 16% of kids are in temporary living situations, which basically means like homeless. 16%? 16%. And it's Wait, like, here in Texas? I or, think in the nation. Wow. I might have made... Look, hey. I don't know how many people listen to this. <laughs> a hundred. I'm probably wrong, but I know, it's a, I know it's a very high percentage, and I know every year I have taught, I've had a kid who does not have a place to live. <laughs> Fuck. And like, for like me to go and like go up to a kid and be like, you got to wake up, and the kid be like, I slept in a car last night. We couldn't turn it on because the AC doesn't work and it was 98 degrees and I didn't really sleep at all. Like, it's so emotionally exhausting because the other thing is like half of you wants to be like, then go to sleep, man, because it's cold in here and you can sleep in here and it's safe in here and go to sleep. And then the other half of you is like, there's nothing I can do to change this and you still have to learn and so, like, it's, like, this weird thing to where you're, like, I want to just tell you just to go to sleep, and I want to make sure that you understand how to write effectively and be able to communicate effectively because that's a valuable skill set that will help you get a job and get out of this situation. Yes. And it's just, like, and that's, 
that's really not like an uncommon thing. I'm not telling you like the worst thing I've ever learned as a teacher. Like right. this is something that happens every year <sighs> and like happens regularly. And oh like I have kids like this year I have kids who come in and it's just like, you know, and like none of it's abusive, but it's just like my parents don't care about me. Like, and like that's not something I can report. And like, <sighs> I, I have a kid who is trans and like, is like, like, call me by this name and then there's one day like the parents were going to come in and watch stuff and they were like call me by my real name call me by like the, the name yeah the and they're like you can't call me that in front of my parents yeah, and yeah. like and like even shit like that it just gets to me and like well shit that open mic i went to the other day like i learned like a kid like i was like why weren't you here yesterday and he was like well like me and my mom got kicked out of the house and like we don't know where we're staying oh my god <laughs> Wait, yesterday? And then you went to an open no, mic? No, no, two, day, two days two ago. Days ago and, and then I went like, to an open mic. <laughs> and and I was not laughing. It sounded like I was just laughing at that kid. I was laughing at, like, because I still have to be a person. I can't get sad every time. Yep. Or, like, I do. I do get sad every time. But I can't. Every time I hear a sad story from a kid, I can't let it ruin my day. Because my day will be ruined weekly. And it's yeah, you have to harden yourself. You yeah, be hardened to these. But I think that's the worst part is I'm emotionally exhausted all the time, and people don't. And the other thing, I like getting older, like especially as comic. Like you're talking about, like if you saw me at an open mic and came up to me and you're like, "Hey, man, what's up?" I would be like, a lot of times in Chicago, I'd be like, "Hey, man, how are you?" Yeah, like let's talk for two minutes, and then like at two minutes, I'd be like, "Look, dude, I'm." I've been around kids all day. I'm going to put on my, like, fuck off headphones <laughs> and read a book. Because I'm an introvert. I would be alone right now if I did not want to do this. Yeah. And, like, older comics are like, oh, yeah, man. <laughs> like, they're yeah. like, yeah, I get that. <laughs> I had right one time in Chicago. I did that with this comic. And a guy, like, I, I think he's a nice dude. He is just kind of immature. And he came up and, hey, man, what's up? And I took off my fuck-off headphones. Like, and they, they're big. They're big. They're big. They're sending a signal. I took off my fuck-off headphones, closed my book, and I was like, what's up, man? How are you? Good, good. What have you been up to? Cool, cool. Talked to him for like two minutes, and I went, look, man, I'm really not trying to be rude. I've had a really long day. I'm tired. I don't even want to be here, but I have to work this. I'm going to put on the headphones. I'm going to keep reading the book. Don't want to be rude. It's good seeing you. Yeah put my headphones on and he sits down <laughs> and I'm like, okay, just ignore him. And then I'm reading my book and I have noise cancel. Like I have a button that starts canceling noise <laughs> with <laughs> ambient music going. Like I have like, like white static music. So I don't hear people. It's not even, not even cool music. No, it's not it's cool music. It's just silence, like, basically. I want to drown out anyone trying to talk to me. And so I've got that going and I'm reading my book. And then I look up and this dude's talking to me. And now I'm in this position where I feel rude, which I shouldn't, because right. he's rude. So where did you hide the body when you killed him? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it was so bad. And this was also when I was running my show, and this dude... So, took my headphones off. He talked a little bit more, and I went, look, I'm serious. I, I don't want to talk to anyone. I know I sound rude, but like I'm not going to talk to you. I got up. I moved. I moved my shit, which I shouldn't have had to do, because I was there first. Right. He followed me. <laughs> and kept talking and like at that point like he was trying to do a fucking bit about how he wasn't going to leave me alone and I finally was like dude I'm not kidding I don't want to fucking talk to you don't talk to me again this is bullshit and then I heard his feelings then he left but then he came back like 
like 45 minutes later when I finally took the shit off because the show was about to start and I was like I got to be able to hear now now I'll be a social being and then he asked to be on my show yeah okay. <laughs> he was, was like he's like when am I gonna time. get booked on hidden man that was and the I was whole just time. like god fuck you like I'm sad <laughs> just leave me alone I would be yeah I, I, I'm like I was emotionally exhausted but I was also like just like just socially exhausted like the the number of interactions you have with people throughout a day teaching it's like a hundred or more. Like, yeah. Little like, what are we doing in class today? That used to piss me off so bad. What are we doing today? I'm like, you know what? I'll tell you when the class starts. Like, when you walk in, and I'm like, I'll tell you later. And then the 40th kid to go, what, what, that poor kid <laughs> is just going, all you, it's just something oh. to say. What, what are we doing today? And I'd be like, I'll tell you. I'll tell you in a second. Oh. Like, it's like, um, he doesn't know that, that I had already been asked that like 50 times. Yeah. That's actually something I'm very proud of. Like, if you look back and say, like, what are you proud of this year? I think I've gotten a lot better at apologizing. To kids? To kids. Nice. And, like, like today I snapped at a kid. And I was like, sit down. I've told you. Like, I've told the whole class. And he's like, I was throwing paper away. And I was like, I don't care. Sit down. And then, like, and then I started doing the thing I was doing again. then I was like, what the hell did you just do? Right. Like, Too much. And, like, I've... I think used to, I thought apologizing was a power giveaway. And so, like, I don't think, like, I really apologize to kids very much. But, like, that's something this year I've been like, no. If you treat a kid like shit, which I do sometimes. Yeah. It, this makes it sound like I'm an awful teacher. But it's just, like, sometimes, like, you're stressed and you talk to a kid in a way you shouldn't talk to. Right. And, like, I've been like, and you should apologize. I, I think I've gotten big on, like, treat kids not like adults where like you're like well you're an adult you can do what you want but like adults is like I hate hearing people yell at kids it yeah. sounded like I just yelled at a kid but I was just very stern just too strong yeah but like do you know how bad you'd have to fuck up for me to yell at you to like yell like to for me to really yell Scream? at you yeah yeah it would like you'd have to fuck up so bad and you already warned me three and, times probably and, and right? that's and that's mostly that's most adults most adults are not going to yell at me unless I did something fucked up yeah but, like, there are so many teachers who will yell at a kid because they messed up twice. A small mess up. Not, like, a big yeah, mess right. up. And, like, I, I started looking at it, and I was like, oh, that's bullying. Like, that, yes. that is, like... Because if you wouldn't do that to me... Because, like, the reason we don't do that to other adults is because we view them as equals. And we also know, like, <laughs> if I'm going to scream at you, you might punch me. Yeah. And if you scream at me, I might punch you. Or it's like, I just don't respect you anymore. And it's, yeah. that our shit is over. I mean, also, yeah, if a, an adult yells at me, I'm like, yeah, we're not going to be friends now. Yeah. We're and never going to be working together again. And so if I do something now, if I talk to a kid with a tone or say something to a kid and I go, if I said that to a friend, would I have to apologize? I go, that I have to apologize to that kid. Respect. And that that's been the biggest thing I've learned this year. And, like, the kids have responded well to it, like... I don't know. I, gosh, yeah. So why do you like good. this job? This is the, this is your favorite job so far. Um, why is it? Why what's so good? They like me there. Like not not the kids. The administration. I actually got to write my instructional coach today. They had like a surprise day for her to be like, like let's all like surprise and like and I didn't realize you know when what you, do you start mean, write her. Well, so she does so much and like they were just like we want to surprise her and today is a special day and we're just gonna let her know that we're thankful for her. And I really like writing letters to people, like or like long messages on Facebook. Not yeah. like I mean, I don't have a quill pen. Been there, yeah. But I think I know that I've had people reach out to me before and be like, 
thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Here is like, and get specific. And like, that has touched me. And I was like, then why don't I do that, people? Yeah. And I've been doing that for like two years, like really trying. And so I was like, this is a great opportunity. It was, uh, her husband was at the show. Oh, cool. And so like, but also like when you do that, you don't realize, sometimes you don't realize the impact people had on you. Cause I thought I was going to like sit down and write a letter and be like, Hey, you've made me a better teacher. Like, and then like, I like started writing and I was like, like I like just started writing and I was like, and I wrote down, uh, it's been four years since I thought I was a good teacher. And like, Ooh. this is the first time I've thought I was a good teacher. Cause like you have made me feel like I'm a good teacher and you've told me I'm a good teacher. And I don't think it's been four years since I've been a good teacher. I think I've been a good teacher for four years, but, but no one was making me feel, feel like it. Way. And that's what I like about this job. So she's your boss, sort of? The she's kind coach? of my boss. She's not my main boss. And my main boss, who, like, don't always agree with her, like, also makes me feel like a good teacher. Yeah. And thinks I'm a good teacher. Nice. And, like, honestly feeling appreciated. And, like, and like I really do. God, this sounds selfish, but I do. I think I go above and beyond for my kids. Seems like you do. Like, yeah. I spend a lot of hours outside of work doing stuff because I'm like, this will teach them. And they won't be miserable and like trying to do, I, I recently, I'm going to like pay $300 to get a book of poems published by my kids because published? I wrote, public, like, I mean, not published where you could buy it, but like Printed it, it looks professional. Cause I remember when I was in 11th grade, I had a teacher publish one of my poems in like a magazine. And that's why I started writing. Cause I was like, Oh, I'm good at this. Yeah. And I feel like I spend a lot of time doing stuff like that. And I still thought I was a bad teacher. And like, this is the first school I've been at, except for that six month one where I wasn't doing shit like that. I was just trying to survive. Right. I've been doing this at schools that I've gone to. And this is the first time like people have been like, all it is is just like, man, that's really cool what you did for your kids. Like, oh, they're going to love that. It's all you Like need. shit like yeah. that. And like, I haven't felt that before. And it's so weird that like I thought I wasn't a good teacher but like that's what I love is like this is the first time I've been like oh I feel like people see what I'm doing and they appreciate it and I am someone I need everyone to like me same yep and, there. yep <laughs> gotcha and so but like that's been a big difference is I feel like I'm a good teacher and like I just really lucked out and this my instructional coach like I don't even know if she did it on purpose, and I. But I, I might be giving her too much credit, but I don't think I. I think she realized this guy's kind of weird. Like you're kind of weird. Yeah, like not weird. Just like I don't. If I go to work, I'm not going to talk to you because I'm. I have so much social anxiety. Yeah, that's why I love comedy. Is because I'm like I know the rules of comedy. Yes, it's controlled. I totally it's, understand. It's like yes. it's not even control. Like for comedy, it is, but like. I, I was helping my, my, my girlfriend was trying to buy a house and I like went in and, I was, and she was like, you're so confident in there. And I'm like, cause I know the rules. This, the rules are this guy wants to sell me a house <laughs> for as much as possible. And the rules are we want to buy the house for as cheap as possible. Yeah, you're right. The rules are clear. And in real life, the rules aren't clear. Cause like, I don't know when I walk up and I get so freaked out. I walk up to a girl who I'm not even going to try to ask out or hit on, but like I walk up and I go through like, okay, how do I make her know that I'm not trying to ask her out or hit on her or going to make exactly. her feel weird because men are terrible and she's probably been, like, scared by a man before and I am a man. <laughs> and, like, and I'm going through a thousand things. And so, 
so I am a little weird, and I think like this this woman saw that and was like, "This guy needs help making friends, especially at school with teachers." To where like, because when you're at school, all the teachers seem like I don't want to say good people, but because I don't think I'm a bad person at all. But like, I have a very dark sense of humor. Yeah, I like okay. to drink. I like to like, like you know, they're like nuns and priests. They yeah, look like they're like clergy. They're very. I'm innocent. looking at them like the students look at them. Where yes. I'm like, well, none of them, none of them drink. None of them, none, none of them ever, ever get too drunk and have a cigarette. None of them say fuck. But that's the problem is that you don't like you don't work with them really. You don't yeah. see them uh-huh. working really. You kind of just like. See them at lunch in the break room and getting coffee. Like, you work alongside them instead of with them. Yeah. The first time my instructional coach, like, swore in front of me, I texted my girlfriend. I was like, she swore in front of me, and I feel so much more comfortable. (laughs) And I wish we could have a weird rule with teachers to where it's like, just, like, you don't have to be professional when kids aren't around. Right. Like, you can't drink at the school, but, like, (laughs) if the kids aren't around and you want to be like, fuck today, say it. Yeah. That'd be nice. And like, yeah, it would be so. I would feel so much more comfortable because I'm just scared of breaking a unspoken social rule. Because the thing is, there is no rule against me saying fuck when kids aren't around. Of course not. But with their when they're there, you can't say fuck. But oh, for sure. Yeah. But it's like when, um, like with Tyler Fowler, I was with him in Austin, and I was like, and he goes, "What do you think of this guy? Just a comic?" And I go, oh, "He's kind of hacky, but he's all right." And he goes. Dude, thank you so much for saying that another comic was hacky. <laughs> I feel so honored that you would say that to me. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing where you're like letting the guard down a little bit to yeah. let, let the friendship in. But it's hard for teachers in the same way, right? Because you're mm-hmm. kind of like you're always being upright, professional, wearing that mask of the teacher. Yeah, and it's just like – and it's hard to go up and be like – this is a – it's hard to go up and be like, this kid annoyed the hell out of me. Like, right. that's not professional at all. Well, and people get so fucking weird. Like, because I will be like, yeah, my kids annoy the hell. If someone comes into the school with a gun, I'm going to dive in front of a bullet for any of those kids. I love those kids. But did this kid piss me off today? Yes. Yeah, 100%. I go on, I, I eat lunch with my kids every Friday. And really? basically, I sit down at the first empty table or the first person who says, Mr. Wood, sit over here. And there are kids who will go, Mr. Wood, come sit with us. And I'll go, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe next Friday, Ashley, cool girl, whoever the cool kids are. But I love those. Like, I mean, I love all my kids. I really do. And so, like, to me, like, being like, oh, they annoy me. is like me being like, my sister annoys me. Right. Like, people you love. No one's going to fuck with my sister. Like. Exactly. But But she annoys me sometimes. Other question I have is like I when I was teaching I noticed that some of the teachers that I was working with were concerned with being like a cool kid with being like Ew. cool in the social way that the cool kids were they would be like treat the cool kids in a more deferential way and like be kind of dismissive of the kids who weren't cool do you feel that oh Jesus <laughs> no. you know what I mean like I'm like, I think where if- are you I mean this is high school so like the kids were more it was more like. You were working with the kids. You weren't like the. It felt sometimes like okay. you were all hanging out. So, high school, but I have it's still not okay. So no, it's definitely not. A, I would say if anything, I kind of have the opposite. I mean, because I don't identify with the cool kids, and I'm not going to be one of these people who's like, I was such a loser in high school. People liked me in high school, right? But I wasn't cool. I wasn't a loser. But like most of my friends were losers. I was in theater. Like most of my friends oh, were really? losers. Yeah. yeah, theater kids. And so like I. I'm actually kind of the opposite to where it's kind of like I'm like <laughs> I I want to protect these kids who are not 
the cool kids. And honestly, like this is the first school like there's some kids who don't like each other and there's some kids but for the most part there's not like a lot of like I've worked most schools I've worked at there's like well these three kids suck and we all agree. <laughs> and so we're going to kind of be mean to these three kids. I, that's another thing I really like about the school. There isn't that. There's like this kid and this kid don't get along, but no one's like Johnny sucks. Let's There's all no be dog mental. pile on one. Yeah, kid. nice. That's good. And so that's kind of cool. But I do understand because I do have kids. I know who's cool. Yes. I know. I know my kids that are cool. And then like, it's like uh, the seventh grade running back. <laughs> me and him, like he get he he respects me. He's such a nice kid. And I also, as a teacher, know kids want this kid to like them. And so, like, I will pull that kid out in the hall and be like, look, man, if you're acting crazy in my class, kids are acting crazy in my class because they want you to think they're cool. You're a leader. You're a yeah. leader. Okay, and so you say that you, you, you are, you're diagnosing the social structures yeah. of the classroom. And, okay. and, I mean, I'm not telling him anything he doesn't know. Maybe he doesn't verbal, know how to <laughs> verbalize it exactly, but he knows that he's popular. Right. And I'll be like, so when you're acting crazy in my class... The kids want you to think they're cool, and the way that you try to make someone like you is by mimicking their behavior. Yep. And so now I've got seven kids acting crazy in my class, and I go, and you can't do that. And, I, I mean, I talk to my kids pretty straightforwardly. Usually if a kid, like, is – I've had kids kind of start to get mad at me and, like, will start to, like, kind of yell at me, and I'll be like, do I talk to you like that? And they'll be like, no, you're right, you're right. That's awesome. And, it's, and they're 12. They're 12, to 13. Kid, and wow, a 13-year-old to do that is my, – you're a good teacher. My, my, my kids are great, like, also. Uh, God, this is just going to be a weird podcast. <laughs> I love my this. kids. <laughs> you pussy bitch. You're a straight-up wuss. You're an emotional wreck. Fuck those kids. Can't yeah, thank them. you. Can't stand them. Everyone laugh now. <laughs> God. But no, I don't see that. I guess I could see that in high school is also, I really like teaching the grade I teach because high school is weird. Because like, have you ever taught high school? No, no, no. Okay. The weird thing is when I went into student teaching, I told the person who was going to place me in a school, I went anywhere ninth grade and above. Do not put me below ninth grade. And they put me in. That's what I would say. Eighth grade. Yeah. And then I got bumped down to seventh grade and I don't know. And I really can't explain. I, I mean, I have like some theories, but like I did that and I was like, I'm not teaching anything else. Wow. I'm not like, so I, it became your preference after you, it became my, it's for sure my preference. Like, wow. I think it's a very monumental year for them. Like, and that's kind of selfishly. Like I do think this job is important and I think I'm making yeah. an impact and I think seventh grade is a big year to make an impact. Right. By senior year, they're already kind of fully baked. They know yeah, who they uh -huh. are and how they act in school has already been solidified. Yeah. yeah. And it, I, I mean, this is like weird things to like about my job, but like, and it, and it's all selfish. It's and it's a gross kind of selfish because it's selfish because it makes me feel like I'm a good person. But it's like sure. I've had like kids like come out to me and be like, "You're the only adult I've told," and I'm like, "Oh, oh yeah, cool. like that feels awesome." Like, and that's selfish. But like it is like, but you know, but what? at least I made this kid feel safe enough in my class. The money isn't good enough. You got to get some <laughs> yeah, fringe yeah. benefits. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, 
<laughs> you had to get some fringe benefits from teaching. Like that's one of the things that I noticed was like some of the male teachers were I don't want to say flirting, but they do like see. Yeah, I, do you I, know what I'm talking about. That's that's why I was gonna say it, it would freak me out in high school because like my kids are kids, kids, children, children, yeah. and so like. And I understand there are fucked up people out there who are, who will prey on children. Yep. But I would like to think they are like very rare as people. I hope so. And I, I might be wrong, but like I would like to think they're very rare. So like, I still like if a male teacher was having a a female student or a male student, if a if any teacher was having a student one on one in class with the door shut, I would tell them, "Don't do that." Period. Bad move. Yep. Like, yeah, you just shouldn't do that. But like, I think if that happened now, my mindset would be like, they probably don't know that this looks bad. Yeah, they're not like. And I would tell them yeah. if, like, I was teaching in high school and a male teacher had a seventeen-year-old, sixteen-year-old female in his classroom alone, I would tell him the same thing. But the difference would be like right now, if I told a seventh grade teacher that I'd be like, hey, I don't know if you think I, I don't know if you realize this looks bad with that other guy. I'd be like, I think you might be trying to fuck her. Yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> well, I don't think that. And that's my thing is I think there's like there's like it's like there's like there's definitely huge gradients to it. Giant gradients to it where it's yeah. like I think some of these 32 year old guys like, OK, at my last job, this is five years ago, but whatever. It's like this guy was getting married. And I remember this, we taught seniors together and uh, he's getting married and the girl was a senior and she goes like, oh, I'm coming to your wedding. And he's like, okay. And he goes, and she goes, and I'm wearing a trench coat and uh, I'll be in the back wearing a trench coat. And uh, like, I think she just meant like she would be like kind of being like Creepy. a spy. Yeah. But then he was like, you hear that? Trench coat, trench coat. And I think he was like being like, oh, she's going to be like flat. She's going to like flash. I swear like, oh. just like play. But like, he didn't say anything like that, but he played with the... He played with the idea yeah, he was, of her sexuality a little bit. And, and it made me feel terrible. I hated it. And, and I don't even think, and this is the problem, that I don't think that that guy was like so, was a creep or anything. I yeah. just think that he relates to women in this specific way from college or whatever. Yeah. And he is accidentally using that way of relating to, on his students by, by, by mistake. I also think... God, and I hate this. I also hate that, like, when I say things I believe, I hate saying them because I think there are people who use it as social. Like, I think, like, woke people a lot of the times are using it as social capital. Not all the time. You're not being performative. So yeah. I kind of. So when I am actually saying this upsets me, sometimes I'm like, no, I sound like I'm using it for social capital. But I really do think part of that is also, like, just like this patriarchal thing, God damn patriarchy. It. Here we go. But like, here we go. So like, I have a seventh grade teacher who does not uh, does not flirt with the students at all. Like that's not what I'm saying. But will like like kind of just like oh like pretty hair and stuff. And it's like because we've taught we've been taught like oh if like that's how you make a female feel Valued. valuable. Yep. And so, like, That's and so, good. like, this guy will also, like, like, I mean, like, he will also be, like, like, talking to the guys. Like, he's trying to just be nice and just yeah. be, like, oh, dude, good game last night. You did so good. That's what like, I'm saying. And yes. so, like, I, I think, and that, but that's also scary because then it goes, is this just what he thinks 
how he's supposed to talk to kids. Exactly. Well, yeah, like, you're treating the guys and the girls differently. Well, and I, it's the same way, like, I mean, six-year-old niece, and you're like, you're so pretty. And it's like, you know, you're not no that, one's even trying the, to fuck your niece. No, like, but... But that's what you're taught. Like, that's what you're supposed to say, because that's a nice thing to say to a female. But that's... But right, but that's, that's, that is rooted in the patriarchal thing that women should be judged on their physical appearance. Yes. Whereas, yes. like, you wouldn't be like, oh, what a hand... You know, like, look at this. Look at this... Uh, Good-looking young man. You wouldn't. You yeah. Would not necessarily okay. Think do of that. you as a grandpa, and you're talking to your granddaughter. What are you gonna say to make to try to make your granddaughter happy? You're so pretty, right? What are you gonna say to try to, to make your nephew or your grandson so happy? You're, you're gonna so let pretty. him shake his hand, and he's gonna shake your hand. You're gonna Ooh, go, "Oh, you're ouch. so strong." My hand hurts, and it's just strong. and so it's like, yes, there are creepy people, and then there are people to the where they're just like, that's how you compliment women and then here's how you compliment men right and so like right like it's just it's not like they're being weird with kids but no. they are taking the weird way in which they've been trained to treat adults and they're taking it into the school world perpetuating the same shit that they've been doing can i get one of those two yeah thanks brother um they're perpetuating the same shit that's not good yeah and it's and that's that's kind of what sucks about a lot of this is like these aren't bad people and I, I don't think we've had a good way to, like, message, like, you're not a bad person, but, like, here's something you're doing and how it can affect right. somebody. I'm not calling you a pedophile, but let's not talk about, <laughs> let's not talk about their bodies or let's not talk about their hair. Let's just leave it out because you're a professional in a professional environment. Let's leave all that stuff out. Yeah. Because this is education. Yeah. Right? And it's, it's just tough because you don't want to, you want to be, like, accused because it's shitty to accuse someone of being a a pedophile, which you're not doing. Yeah, and you're not. <laughs> but it's like instantly, if I if I slip up and I and I tell like, and like I will like compliment my kids like hair usually after haircuts, and it's boys and girls equally. I'll be like haircut, Love it. nice. Yeah. But like, if someone came up to me after like a girl got a haircut, and like haircut, nice, and they're like, hey man, it's kind of weird that you'd be like, fuck you, dude. How about that? Because <laughs> I get so. I, I think so much, if we could just admit we are so insecure, life would be so much better. Right. I mean, yeah. And that would be like me, like, insecure. Like, I need you to think I am very good at my job and very professional. And, like, definitely I need you to think I'm not a monster. Yeah, yeah. That's, that, that's baseline for being friends with me is you shouldn't <laughs> think I'm not a monster at all. Um, you went to school to be a missionary. Yes. So you wanted to be... I don't even understand what that means. Because I thought missionaries didn't need to go to school. So I... So my church had this weird thing. Oh, Baptist. God, Southern this, Baptist. This is going to be a such a weird story. So... Good. I need people to like me. And I need to be the best at things. Okay. And... For a long time, I had to translate... Like, you always need to put passion somewhere. Yep. And I put passion into religion because that's what was around me. And I needed to I needed to be the best at Jesus. <laughs> and this this guy, I was like in third grade. I was I wasn't even eleven yet. I was in third grade and this kid got up in front of the church because like they would have it in the end of the service there'd be like a chance where you can go up and pray at the altar or you can go up and talk to someone and like if you're talking to a pastor you're usually usually either like accepting Jesus Christ into your life okay renewing your relationship with Jesus Christ or committing 
yourself to a life of service. Okay. And when I was 10, this kid went up and he committed himself to a life of service. And so the pastor, like a 60-year-old dude, stands up with like this 12-year-old kid and he's like, so-and-so committed their, their life to Christ. He is like, he is going to be a missionary when he gets older. God has called him to it and he knows. And this kid got so much applause. Right. And so much attention. Right. And like that dude probably had to stay after church for an hour because old women were just coming up and they're like, God bless you, kid. Like next week. And you wanted some of that. Next week. Yep. Yeah. Very next week. <laughs> I went up and I was like, yo, I want to do that. Same. And Ditto. so they got up and I was 10. And literally last. I was 10 years old, and the week before, if you're like, what do you want to do when you grow up? Like, I probably would have been, like, Power Ranger. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> then they were, like, 10, and they are like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to be a missionary. And then they stood up in front of adults, and they are like, this 10-year-old has promised to be a missionary. And then, like, I felt that my whole life. And, like, not, like, a super pressure, because I, I stayed very religious. I stayed a very part of the church. And then, but then I was going to college, and, like, the plan was... Because I almost went straight to Liberty University. Because I know I, of Liberty. Yeah. yeah. I, I almost went, went there. straight there. Uh, but I was like, that's far away. And I really think that's the main thing that stopped me. It's in Virginia? Virginia, yeah. It was that's far away. And it's also I just started getting into theater. So I was finding this new passion. And so, and then I had a friend who got a theater scholarship to West Texas A&M University. Up and, in Amarillo. Up right? in Amarillo, yeah. And then... They really liked me, too, but they couldn't offer me a scholarship. <laughs> but I was like, I'll just go to WT. I'll get to do a little bit of theater. I'll get my basics and all. Like, Wait, WT? WT, yeah. Is that here in Lubbock? No, that that's the... You were going to go to Amarillo. Amarillo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's actually Canyon, but it's close to Amarillo. Very close to Amarillo. Gotcha. Okay. And so I was like, so I'll get my basics done, then I'll go. And then that didn't happen. Yeah. And so, like, it's not like... I mean, nothing crazy happened, like... But it's... Uh, yeah, I just decided like to go to te Texas Tech instead. Well, no, it's oh, sorry. my college is so so. I sucked at WT. It was the worst year of my life. Wait, you I went to WT. I went to WT. Okay. I in had yeah, in Kenya. I think I had mental issues like back then. Like I, I really think I almost had a form of OCD. And I know like people say that, and that's not me being like, well, I liked lines to be straight. Uh, but it's like, because I explained this to someone, and they're like, that does sound like I had this weird thing where like something would happen, very like minor, but like it'd be like I'd see a bird in a certain way, and I'd be like, oh, that's a sign from God that my dad's gonna die. Fuck. And then I would like drive four hours home, and I wouldn't tell my parents why, because I couldn't be like, I saw a bird, and I knew <laughs> dad was gonna die, and I had to come hang out with him so I could tell him I love him. Like I can't tell my parents that. So you knew it was crazy. I, I knew it was crazy. Yeah. But it was probably but true. Like, yeah. But like I also and like I, that was the weird thing is like I would see this bird. I'd be like that bird means your dad's going to die. And I'd go that's crazy to think. And I'd go but how bad are you going to feel if, if your dad dies and yeah. you got this sign and, and God told you he was going to die. You just whiffed it. Yeah. And you just didn't believe enough. <laughs> so then I would drive home on like a fucking Wednesday and my parents would be like what's going on? Hey. And I'd be like dude my professors canceled the rest of the week. And I'm just going to come and hang out with you and dad. <laughs> and I'd be like, and you're going to be so sad because he's going to die. <laughs> and so I failed out of WT, obviously. Like my first oh, semester, like wow. I failed 
all but like one class, and that class was like a D. I because you were ditching because you were following signs from God. Like and like Other that's stuff. extreme. Like and some of it was like I was just staying up late, but like that really was a thing. And like I had a bunch of journals. I used to. That's when I like I wrote not doing comedy. Like I just wrote a shit ton, and I yeah. probably had like ten like uh, those composition notebooks just yep. full. And I threw them away eventually, which I almost never throw journals away. But I yeah. went back and read it, and I was like, "Like, if you gave me those journals, like, look what I've been writing, I would sincerely sit down with you and be like, let, like, Terrence, let's get you in therapy. Wow, yeah. Okay. And, like, I was reading that, and that's what I was thinking the so whole time. So what was going like, on? What was happening? Nothing. Okay. Nothing was happening. It was just, like, I was very depressed. Yeah. I was... And this is, I kind of lost my religion, and I think passion is an important thing, and I had nowhere to put passion, and I was just kind of like... Wait, so you were right there, so this is all happening at WT? WT. Were, were you not studying to be a missionary? I was, I was studying, I was, my plan was to get basics, then go be a missionary. Okay. And kind of at WT, I just stopped believing in everything. And then, what was happening there? I still don't, I still don't get it. I, I don't know. Okay. Like, I, I, well, I told you a story the other night that I don't want to really dive into. Yeah. But about, like, I just did not get along with the church guy. He yeah, was yeah. kind of weird about, like, he was weird about me and my girlfriend a lot. Gotcha. And that, that, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I don't want to dive into that because I'm still friends with uh, a lot of people from that area. Right. That's nice. But, uh and that was just a small thing, but it was just kind of like getting out and like growing up and my worldview expanding and I kind of lost my religion and then I didn't have a place to put passion anywhere. And and it was just like this weird year where I just like stay out till 4 a.m. not drinking. I didn't do any drugs. I didn't drink. I would just walk around campus and smoke cigarettes and huh, then huh, huh, and then huh. I'd be like well I was out till 4am so I'm not going to make it to my 8am class and I was just I, I had mental issues I really think that I did that sounds do. like it yeah um, like I, I'm 100% sure I did I so should what have happened seen a then, what'd you do with it so my first semester they gave me a letter and they're like if you don't pick up your grades yep. we're kicking you out yep. second semester I didn't pick up my grades and they kicked me out. And so then wow. I went back home to Midland and it's the best thing that ever happened to me. I don't know if I just wasn't ready as an adult. I went back home to Midland state, lived with my parents, went to Midland college for a year or two. I don't remember how long got my grades back on. Cause I think I left, I think I left WT with a point eight GPA. <laughs> like I, I don't think that's a joke. I really Slow. think that's what it was. Because I failed every class except one, and I got a D in it. Damn. So it might have been even lower. Lower than point eight. Uh, and so I go back to Midland, and I'm a pretty intelligent person. And then Midland College, I kind of get on track. I start getting A's and B's. I'm with my parents. I, I, I start really getting into writing. Because I was writing before, but I wasn't really into it. And I started a Tumblr. Cool. And I was writing poetry a lot, and like this Tumblr got like a bunch of followers. Really? I, I think I had like thirty thousand. Holy shit! And like so, then I had found a new passion. I really think that's like the story of my life is have a passion. Yeah. And so that was my new passion, and and went there, and then I started dating this girl in Midland. She went to Texas Tech. I always told myself I'd never go there. Why? Uh, that was like where, where everyone went in gotcha. Midland and I was like, I'll never go there. But she went there and this was the girl that I thought I was going to marry. Right. And so I was like, well, I got to go there cause we're getting married. Yeah. 
Uh, so I followed her here, and which is not a good idea to do. It just it worked out for me. Because how far how far is Midland from here? Couple not, hours? not very far. It's an hour and a half. Hour and a half. Hour, hour, same as Amarillo. Okay, but it was that's not a good thing to do. It just worked out, and I happened to love it in Lubbock, and so that kind of worked out for me. But we dated for a while. We ended up breaking up. I went through this, and I think this was the last like real mental issue stage for me. I still should go to therapy and probably should be on anxiety meds. <laughs> but, like, that was, like, a time where, like, I think the two times I've been, like, that was a scary mental issue thing. Yeah. Like, and that was, and I felt very, because what happened is I stopped writing poetry and then I went, my passion is now this girl. Yeah. Which is not never safe a good or idea. healthy. It's not fair to her. Nope, never a good all. idea. Never a good idea. But, like, that was my passion. Yeah. And, like, and so... Then when, she, so like when she broke up with me, it would be like now if my girlfriend broke up with me, I was no longer allowed to teach and I was no longer allowed to do comedy. Right, all your passions because all my passions were gone. Yeah, she was my only passion. When was this? This was the breakup. This was right before I started comedy. Like I, this is why I thought comedy saved my life. Okay, is because this I was probably twenty two. Okay. Maybe were you out of school? Or you were senior. Year? I was still. I was. I was a year and a half left from school because I fucked up because of yeah my first year. Were you wait? Were you still trained to be a missionary? Here? No, 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 no. Gotcha. This that is was always... kind of my first year of college. I was like, that was kind of ridiculous, and you didn't want to do that. You only did that because you promised some old ladies you would <laughs> when you were eleven. I get that completely. Like the idea of like if I just say this one sentence, uh-huh. I'm gonna get <laughs> all of this approval and validation, yeah. and that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, for sure, that's yeah. what it was, and so I I would eight- still do it. I'd go back to that same church <laughs> and go. I want to be a missionary. I think Woo! I might still do it. I crushed. Okay, sorry. I would do that right I now. Crushed. I crushed the church. Ovation. I crushed the church. I crushed. I mean, sure. I, I pandered a little bit. I told them I want to be a missionary, and I don't care. I don't want to be, but you know, I just gotta, said what I had know, to you say. You got to know your fucking crowd, man. You got to know the crowd. Where's the crowd? That's part of being a comic. You were a comic at ten years old. You're like, I'm. I'm going to play in the room. I mean, I can read a room. I know they want me. They, they want me to say I'll be a missionary. So no, that yeah, that fell out. Like kind of my first year of college, like saying my worldview. A big part of it was like starting to learn more about yourself. And I was like, oh, you said that when you were ten for attention. Yep. And then you need people to like you. And then you were scared no one would like you because you promised you'd do this. Yeah, you don't And you're bad. scared people are going to be mad. Yep. And so then it was gone. And that was the end of it. It was gone during colleges. Yeah, yeah. pretty quickly. Uh, what were you going to school for? Kind of nothing. Okay. Like, that was... So I started dating this girl. Like I said, she was my passion. I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew I liked English. I knew I liked writing, but I kind of stopped writing uh, while we... Or definitely did not write as much while we dated. But I was like, so I guess I'll go for English. And then kind of, like, bounce back and forth between what do you want to do? Like, my dad runs a pretty good company and I was like, well, I'll just take over for him. Yeah. And that was an option. Uh, and so that was all that. And then this girl broke up with me and it just like devastated me because my passions were gone. She was the only one, someone that I truly do. Like, even though it was an unhealthy, I, I also did love her. Yeah. So it's like passion's gone. A person I love is gone. 
I have no friends because she was my only friend because she was all I needed. Been there. I have no friends. Been there, yeah. I'm in this town. My family's not here. And back there, back then, an hour and a half seemed forever away. <laughs> and now I'm living in this house that you are staying in. In Lubbock. In Lubbock. In, this, this exact house. This house. And I'm by myself. And I'm sitting and I'm laying on the couch. And literally, because this happened around the summer. And for a whole summer... I didn't eat anything except Kane's chicken. I would go there and I would get eight pieces of chicken, eight chicken strips, and that would be my meal for the day. Delicious. Uh, and sauce. I watched like all nine seasons of Monk. I don't know what happened in Monk. Because it was just like the TV was on for me to be like, at least you're not staring at a wall, but I don't know what was happening. <laughs> and it was like a point. Uh, like there was a point I had a revolver at the time and like I would like put a bullet in and like be like, are you going to play Russian roulette? Are you going to play Russian oh. roulette? And I never did. Like, I don't want to be like one of those people who's like, and then I tried. But it really is like very, like looking back, it's like, that's so fucking scary. Really dark. Yeah. And like really like really on the edge. Yeah. If you're a little too drunk or you're a little too upset, you yeah. could have just gone through it. I didn't with it. drink it this time. That's wow. what's so like. I, I, that's almost scarier to me for some reason. To where yeah. it's like I was in my right mind Cogent. technically. Yeah. Like there was not a a chemical reason. Nothing that to blame. I, it was just your wow. Ju- and it was like honestly, I I, I I have thought about like if you drank at that point, like would you have killed yourself? Because I could see yeah. Like because I do think alcohol makes it easier to do things that you kind of want to do but don't know if you should do. And oh yeah. So. That's very scary. My parents are amazing people. My dad came in once because he could just tell I was sad. Drove down, was like, let's go watch a movie. You seem sad. Let's go watch a movie. Let's hang out for a little bit. Then got. Then we drove back, and he grabbed my gun. And he went, you don't need this. <laughs> and he <laughs> left. Good. And it was Great. so weird. And I don't know if he really thought I was going to kill myself. I don't. I don't, I don't think I was going to kill myself. I don't want Good. this to sound like I was like, and that was... Because I was going to kill myself three seconds later. Right, but... It but, was good. like, it is, yeah. like... Who knows if he didn't take that and mm-hmm. stuff. And I was just... Darkest point in my life. And, actually, the girl I was dating, who... And she's not the cause of this at all. Yeah. Like, that kind of sounds like I'm blaming her. This is not her fault. This was is my bra- fault. The breakup was the... Yeah, it was a... It was a... Yeah, it was a straw. Yeah. Camel's back. But... Her best friend's boyfriend, who I'd met like three times, maybe four. Here's the, here's what happened: is he went and was hanging out with his girlfriend and his girlfriend's best friend, my ex girlfriend, and yeah. was like, "How's Corey? Like, I met him." And the girl was honest. She was like, "I don't think he's doing well." And then this dude who I've met four times gets my number. And starts texting me. Fuck yeah. And it's like, dude, you're a funny guy. Like, we should, like, write sketches together. Fuck yeah. And stuff. And I was sad, and I wanted to be sad. And I was like, ah, maybe, man. But, like, and he kept trying to hang out, and I kept blowing him off. And, like, literally the only reason I hung out with him not wasn't because I wanted to. It's because I felt guilty because I was like, you've blown him off eight times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I went and I hung out with him, and I didn't He's trying have, to save your life. I didn't have a good time because oh. I didn't want to be there. Yep. And then, but I'm like, sure, I'll film your fucking thing. And then, <laughs> and then the next day he's like, yeah. And like, he keeps doing this until I'm like, okay, I think I might like this dude. Oh, I think this guy might be my friend. And then he's like, dude, uh, I'm going to try out for an improv group. You should do it. And I was like, no way. I'm not trying out for an improv group. And he's, 
dude, okay, well, I'm really nervous. Will you come watch me try out? And then I go to watch him, and then he's like, he's like, hey, I need a scene partner. You just want to do it? And then come now on. I'm trying out for improv. Fuck yeah. Now I'm in an improv group. Now I have... Now you I got have, in. You, tried had, to, you got in. I got in. Eight friends. I have eight friends now, and they're <laughs> over all the time, and we're hanging out. And then my friend's like, dude, I think I'm going to do stand-up comedy. And I'm like, I don't want to do stand-up comedy. He's like, I'm nervous. I just, like, would you please do it and make me feel better? And then I do stand-up comedy, and I get on stage for the first time. And I get on, I honestly, the first time I did stand-up comedy, I walked off stage, and I went, that's what I'm doing. Like, yes. And then it was just all, like, and it's not like everything was a beautiful, like, pasture from no. there right but that really was like i walked off stage and i was like i'm gonna do stand-up comedy and like you're okay and like wow what's the guy's first name girlfriend's the, friend uh, girlfriend's friend joe gardner i'll tell you joe gardner name. the guy who came go, and joe. moved with is the sweet and he's also still friends i still friends uh him and the girl got married love the guy so much he's one of the best people joe, he, joe, go, joe. joe's done one and, like, when I bring this up, he's like, well, I was sad, too. Like, I wasn't trying to save your life. I was just sad. Like, he's not comfortable. And and it might be one of those things where I'm giving him too much credit, too, but I don't think I am. I think he's just, a, like, one of the most greatest human beings ever. Well, he felt what was right to do was to text you. And, he and then he followed up. doing it. He, he knew it and was right. And he shouldn't have. I, I, did, I wasn't nice to him. I wasn't, like, a, a dick. But, like... And like, and I don't know if I would be alive if it wasn't for Joe. And Joe, Joe hates me telling, saying that. Thank God he and, does not have Facebook. And he's and will even not see better this. for it. <laughs> he's even better of a guy that he hates the story. But we that 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 makes it easy for us to tell the story. Joe, you did it. You you did the right thing. Can I can I brag about Joe one more Joe. time? Joe, the most romantic thing anyone's ever <laughs> done for me was Joe Gardner. I love Texas Tech. Okay. Like I, I fell in love. Like I th always like I wasn't gonna go there, and then I became one of those guys. I love Texas Tech. Like I, I used to go like to Chicago bars and be like, how? Like, do you get the Tech game? Um, love Texas Tech. Texas Tech made it to the national championship in basketball my last year in Chicago. Cool. I had a party when they made the final four for my friend's birthday. And I literally told my friend, I was like, I didn't know Tech was gonna make the final four. So the first hour and a half of your birthday party. People aren't allowed to be loud. <laughs> you can't talk. And so everyone, it was actually one of the coolest nights. Everyone came over and like they understood and we all got real drunk and like tech. And I went, anyone who walks in the store is a tech fan, except Adam Quasla was there. And he's like, I'm still going to be a Michigan fan. Okay. Good and I was Michigan. like, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. That's fair. Like, cause you have a reason. Yeah. Cause yeah. I hate people who are just like, I'm going to go the opposite of you just for fun. because for fun. But I was like, you have a reason. So that's yeah. fine. But then they made it, and I was so happy. And I was drunk as hell, so I was like, man, I'm going to go. I'm going to go. And I got so excited. I'm going to go to the championship. And then I woke up, and I was like, oh, you're so drunk. You're not going to the championship. Because you'd have to call off work and buy a <laughs> ticket and get there. And I was talking to Joe, and he's like, so are you really going to go? And I was like, dude, look, man, I was drunk. Tickets cost like 150 Like. I, like, am I going to drive there? Am I going to fly there? Don't I can't me. ask off work. Don't tell Joe me. Joe worked at the same job as me. He calls my boss Don't without tell talking to me. me. Without talking to me, he calls my boss and explains the situation. It's like, Corey loves tech. Like, this would be a big deal. My boss emails me and says, hey, I talked to Joe, and I knew you don't want to ask off, but we don't want you coming to work that day. We want you going to the game. Oh, my God. He buys tickets. 
He buys a plane ticket. Oh, he my God. He buys the hotel. Oh, my God. And he goes, and he's also a tech guy, but he we go to the championship game together. And, I like, that's the most, rom- by far for the sure. most romantic thing for sure. that's ever been done for me. You should have fucked him. I oh, mean. my <laughs> God. If a girlfriend did that for me. Propose. I, I really think I would maybe. Propose. Like, I'd be like, she gets me. Like, she understands, like. That's the oh nicest God. thing a non-family member has ever done. I got to meet this guy, Joe Gardner. Oh, he's the best dude. Uh, Shout out to funny Joe. Funny comics. Stop doing comedy in Chicago. All the best comic. ones do. All the best ones do. <laughs> Honestly, only the worst, most ambitious pieces of shit are left. If you have an ounce of passion or compassion in your soul, you have quit. Um, but if you're 30 and you're still doing it, you're just you're, a sack of garbage. You're, a, you're like a transactional adversary piece of garbage. But guys like Joe Gardner, they'll quit. Of course, God, yeah, because he's just too good for the world. Too, yeah, yeah, too uh-huh. precious for this for this this awful world of ours. And they didn't win. Did no, they? they didn't win. They lost. But it still was. It's still like one of. Where'd the best. you go to see him? It was uh, Minneapolis. It was in Minneapolis, and so that was kind of what. I was in between was like, am I going to drive for seven hours, have to take the day off that day, take the day off the next day right. so I can drive back? And so he got plane tickets, so I only have to take one day off. <laughs> it's Joe. insane. Joe. He's just such a good... And he made less money than me. Like, I don't want this... This isn't a friend who makes $150,000 a year who yeah. can be like, I can do that. Like, this dude made less money than me. He was a paraprofessional. I was a teacher. Yeah, right. And made it a he, thing. He didn't have money to blow, but he was like, Corey cares a lot about this. And, like, and he wanted to go, too, but he was like... I'm going to do this for Corey. Wow. And like, it's just, it's by far the nicest thing someone's done for me. That's amazing. I do think like I would probably propose if a girl did that. (laughs) (laughs) Or like if a girl did that for me, it would be like, even if we fell out of love, I'd be like, you can't break up with the person who took you to the tech championship. You got to dance with the one that brung you. (laughs) You got to, you got to, you got to make good on that. You got. I'll tell you something. Do something that's good as good as he did for you. You can't. You can't dump him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a hero. Such a good dude. And he pulled you into comedy, which you love. That that is that is a, and, that was been in your passion. That's been your and passion. I and I really think it probably saved my life. Yeah. Like and that was. I think. I don't know if I told you this, but like a big thing COVID did for me. It's up until COVID, because it was almost traumatic. I always thought. I, I hadn't done enough thinking, but I was I was always like, if you have to stop doing comedy, you might fall into that same thing. I thought like right. comedy right was back. the only thing keeping me from killing myself. Yeah, and I do miss comedy a lot. It was so fun doing it last night, but like that was like the big thing COVID did for me is is like, oh, you've grown. You don't need it anymore. You still yeah. want it, and you still love it, and you're still gonna do it, but you don't need it. I used to right. think like if you can't do comedy, if something happened. And you couldn't do comedy for three months. Like, you might kill yourself. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, no. Like, and not to say I'm not depressed. I still have depression. I still have anxiety. But it's not at all on that level. There's yeah. never been – there's never even been, like, a toying with suicide yeah. ever since then. To where, since like, comedy. Since comedy. But now it's not because of comedy. It's because it's, – comedy helped me find out who I was. And, like, yeah. here are, like, some passion – like comedy was like you need creativity. Yeah, like yeah. I need creativity, and I couldn't do comedy. I started building stuff. You're woodworking and do, yeah, right. you're building amazing shit. And yeah. like, and it's creative. Like that's what I needed. Yeah. And I would rather be doing. I, I don't even know if I'd rather be doing. I really like building shit, but yeah. I love comedy. I want to do comedy, but I don't 
needed. And that's actually really comforting to me is that I don't need that. You don't need it anymore. But, right, so you're looking towards the future and you were talking about like, right, you, you're not sure if comedy is going to be the thing or just a thing. Yeah, and I, I, I know it's going to be around. Okay, it's going to be a thing, right. It's, it's for sure going to be a thing. I just don't know at this point. I think three years ago, I was, if you're like, you're 35, what does it look like? Three years ago, I would have been like, if I am not doing comedy and no other kind of job that is not comedy related, I have failed. Yeah. And now, like, if you're like, hey, man, when you're 35, you're going to be teaching and you're going to be doing an open mic once or twice a week. And once a month, you're going to go to a show for 60 people and they're really going to enjoy it, but you're not going to make any money off of it. I'd be like, that sounds like I'm happy, though. Like, and that's kind of where I'm at. Yeah. And like, I'm not saying I've given up and like, I don't want to make it as like a full-time comic, but it's also weird. I don't ever want to be a no-time teacher. Like, yeah, right. So, but your perfect, your perfect life. You told me this the other mm. day. I loved this because I really was like, (laughs) I never even thought about that as being a perfect life. Uh, My perfect life, because I really love teaching. I, I complain about it. Because you got to complain about your job. But yep. I love, love teaching. And so my perfect life, honestly, and I thought about this and like wrote it down, is I get a job writing for a sitcom because I love writing stories. Yeah. As, and like stories plus sitcom is stories plus jokes. And I love writing both those. Fantastic. Right. And so, and then like I get on this sitcom where I can write on this sitcom for. Four months out of the year, and it pays my yearly salary. You don't need any more money. Because yep. I'm going to rent in L.A. for those four months yep. or crash on someone's couch. And then I'm going to have a house in Lubbock, which is cheap which as hell. Which you own. And like, it's been paid off already. Yeah, not, no, not already. but it, it will be paid off. Oh, if I had uh, one year of writing? Yeah, well, you said for sure. Like th- isn't it you're three years away from paying this I, I think off? I'm three years away. Woo! Yeah. And so, God damn. And I would have a place in a Lubbock. Man. And so my thing is, write for a sitcom three or four months, two or three months, I would tour and do comedy, just pure stand-up. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dive in a little bit more to my personal life, is I am successful enough to where people come out. Here's how successful I want to be in comedy. <laughs> I don't want people to know who I am at a store, but I would like to have enough fans to go, I'm going to do a show that's going to cost $10, and I'm going to make, you know, I'm going to make... $1,000 because 100 people are going to come out. out. Yeah. And then I'm going to be able to go, that was my that was my hour that I've like worked and polished. I'm yep. going to do 30 minutes across the street at this shitty bar of n- brand new material and have enough fans who are like, oh, shit, his brand new stuff? I'd love to see what he's working <laughs> on. Like, I, because I, I really... You're an egomaniac. Well, because comedy to me, like the two joys is just pure attention and doing well. And the other joy is creating stuff on stage and saying it for the first time and not knowing if it's going to work. And then it does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And then it does. You have to add that it does. The not knowing is fun, but then the knowing that it does is yeah, even more yeah. fun. Yeah. The not yeah. knowing followed by knowing it sucks, not fun. More than 50% of it being <laughs> yeah. good is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so, like, that's a real specific part of my dream. But, like, <laughs> two to three months of touring, and then I have, like, that's seven months, and then I teach, like, a four-month semester at Texas Tech because I go, look, I write for TV. All you have to do is pay for my health care. Let me have two or three classes, and I will teach, and then I get to hang out in Lubbock. I love Lubbock. 
And then I'd have one month where I could go, hey, family, let's go to the lake house. And I don't want to see a human. I don't want to see a person who does not have the same face as me (laughs) for a month. I love my family. Oh, they all have your your face? Oh, we all. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. It's so bad. Pictures are bad for podcasts. I'll take your word for it. Show me later. Yeah, I'm going to show you later. But they all have your same face. It's the exact same. A gorgeous head of hair, but Corey's <laughs> Oh, face. I'm the only one balding. I'm the only one in my entire fucking family. Your dad's balding. not balding? Nope. My grandpa on my on my mom's side was uh, just passed away, but full head of hair. And that's the myth. That's, that's yeah, the, yeah. It's supposed to be your mom's side. Yeah, well, fuck those people. Everyone in my family, full head of hair. They lied. They all lied to us. I, 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 my, my mom, my mom is a twin, and uh, her twins' kids are all balding. Sorry, um, and uh, all of my mom's kids are not balding. Ooh, um, and they, they, it's four kids. I mean, so it's like that just disproves the myth right there. Yeah, the, it's got to. Yeah, I know. And uh, people hate when I bring it up, but I'm like, listen, I hate to bring in anecdotal evidence, but well, because the only people who really like abide by that are like people whose grandpas have hair. I know. And they're like, there's no way. There's no way. Because no way. Because it's a lame fact. It's a it's a it's a it's an armchair geneticist sort of fact. Like get the I, fuck out of here with I that do, shit. I do I do want to go to a doctor eventually and be like, explain it. Explain this right you now. You tell me what's happening like, up here. Okay? Mr. The one Science thing, like, Man told me to try to make me feel better and I don't know why is they're like, that just means you have a lot of testosterone. And I'm like, I've have you true. met me? <laughs> I don't have a lot of testosterone. <laughs> I literally don't yell. I don't. And I don't want a lot of testosterone. A lot of testosterone means that I'm going to get madder. Yeah. And I'm going to want to have more sex. Yeah. I don't want to get madder. And I don't really <laughs> have the option to have more sex right now. It's like, so like I'm just going to be screaming and jerking off. <laughs> I don't want that. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's God. But that's I, I know I don't have too much testosterone. I just don't have the side effects. You have enough it. hair. Yeah, you just have enough hair. It's I I I really think it's I don't get it's so hard to make me sincerely mad. Angry, yeah. Like I will like I can have a stern voice with kids, but like for me to actually get pissed off I don't know what it would take for me. Like, other than, like, hurting my family, I don't know what it... Hurting my family, hurting my kids, I don't know what it would take yeah. for me to fight a person Get right actually now. mad, yeah. Like, if you were like, you're a fucking bitch, Corey, I'd be like, <laughs> dude, you're staying in sure. my house. <laughs> sure, I'm a bitch. Yeah, great. Like, yeah, there's just nothing, like, oh, like, well, I, I had... Like, I had someone talking, like, I'd whoop your ass. And I was like, you probably would, dude. Go like, ahead, man. I'm out of shape. <laughs> like, that's not impressive. Try. Please hurt me. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to me anymore. Just like, I'm like, you kick my ass. Right now, if my life's better than yours and you whoop my ass, my life's still better than yours after you whoop my ass. <laughs> what are we going to do? Then? Like, I, it just doesn't. I don't get fighting anymore. I was just t- telling somebody, I was like, I'm so, I'm not even into the thing where it's like, you know, when someone is like, they come up to me and they told me to move my table and they were pretty big guys. I didn't want to fight them. I'm like, I don't even like when you mention that a guy's big and you might have fought him. I'm like, I think we should not even be talking about fighting ever again. I think, why are we even, I'm never going to fight anybody. I will run away. I mean, unless, unless it's like a, a thing where it's like I needed to commit violence or my family or friends will be hurt badly. Oh, see, mine's always vengeance. vengeance. Like my, my weird thing is I'm like, someone did something. <laughs> and I'll come back. And I, oh. 
Like I three years later, I'll, I'll come back and I'll murder you. <laughs> you fucked with my little brother. Like guess what? Like you are tied up in this garage, <laughs> and I'm killing you slowly. And it's I not own even this like, house. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, There's no I've landlord. Proof the goddamn walls. I'm the landlord. I'm yeah. using my drills. It's yeah. getting interesting. And guess what? The the yard over here. I own the yard too. <laughs> no one's gonna dig you up. <laughs> This is going to be a family house for generations. Uh, no one's going to find your ass. Yeah, I'll watch revenge movies and someone will come in and like kill the family. And I'll be like, I wish someone would. <laughs> I wish. I wish. I fucking wish, dude. Um, so you like your job now. Are you gonna, do you think you're going to keep teaching at the school in Lubbock? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to do it next year. And I really believe next year might be my favorite and best year of teaching. Right, because it's without the COVID stuff. It's without the with COVID. All the good stuff. Everything that's new. I had like five new th- things this year I had to learn. And I've learned them. And then I... And it's also like I'll have lesson plans I've made. I think next year might be just so amazing. And... Definitely, if it's as amazing as I'm making it out in my mind, I'm scared I'm building it up. I'm yeah. going to stay. But stay. I, I don't have plans to leave nice. at all right now. I've... Never stuck around super long. Right. Three years in Chicago is the longest. Three years. And yeah. it is just kind of like, you know, this school seems to like me. I like it. it. It seems to be going well. And it would just be nice to be like, I a lot of mine is just taking away anxiety. And like, I'm, I still have anxiety, but like, I'm like, I'm pretty sure they're not going to fire me. Yeah, yeah. And like, although I feel like, it was like two weeks ago that you like, there was like a meeting you had to go to. And you're like, I'm no, looking that at was jobs. like beginning of the year. Okay, that was like beginning you're of the year. Looking at jobs in your lunch break, and oh god. <laughs> well, that's how anxious I get. If like you're like, I have to have a meeting with you. I'm going to be like to fire me. Like, a vague meeting. A I mean, vague a vague meeting. meeting. Fuck a vague fired. meeting. Well, no one should do that. Ever. It's so rude. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like even at my restaurant job, if someone's like, "Can I talk to you? You're not in trouble. Can I talk to you? I, 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 I like that. Can I talk to you? You're not in trouble." Yes, yes. Just That's you're all. not in trouble. You're not in trouble. I, I, and I do that with my kids all the time. Yeah. Like, hey, can I talk to you in the hall? You're not in trouble. You're not in trouble. And I don't tell them that if they're in trouble because then I'm a liar. Yeah. But like, if you're not in trouble, I'm going to be like, you're not in trouble. Let's yeah, go talk. talk to you. Yeah. Uh, and it, if, if that's how she would have done it, because she basically I had a principal come up to me and she's like, at the end of the day, we have to talk. Like, don't go to duty. Like, we have to talk right away Ugh. at the end of the day. Oh, God. And that's all she said. And like, I started looking at jobs during my, uh, during my lunch. Because of course. Because I was like, I'm definitely getting fired. Yeah. And then it was something so stupid. I really don't even remember what that it was. That is now. terrible that you should, yeah, you should at least know what it and was. And if she would have been like, hey, we need to talk at the end of the day. I promise you're not in trouble. Let's just check in on something. I'd be like, oh, I'm not in trouble. Fuck I'm not getting fired. Fuck or that. she's a liar. Yeah. <laughs> terrible. Absolutely terrible. Um, so, yeah, okay, let's see. Teaching stuff. I mean, like the. Okay, so the testing, I was so surprised you're complaining about this. They're, they're testing your, your kids. They're measuring you up against the testing, that they're, the results of the tests. Yes. And I was like, I thought at least Texas, like I, I taught in New York and in, in Illinois. And like, I was like, okay, these are like very hands-on education, you know, very strong state governments kind of thing. I'm like, I thought maybe Texas would be a little bit hands-off. I, I think Texas... Uh, I, I've only taught in Texas and Illinois. I've never yeah. taught in New York. Uh, Texas is much more strict about the testing God and damn. much much more into it than Illinois seems to be. And they are very just like, there are rules. It's like, we. I have to go to a meeting before 
the state mandated tax test where they're like, fuck up, we're taking your license. Like, and they make it seem like it's very easy to do. I don't think it is. Yeah. Like, I think you got to like kind of purposely fuck up, but they make it seem like oh, you, you forget one of these 25 rules we're going to tell you. Say goodbye. Say goodbye to teaching forever. Is there standards that you need? Is there, is there like Texas standards that they're testing you on? Like, yes, yes. We don't do okay. the Common Core. We have no something called Teaks, and it's the thing that's so stupid. It's it's so similar to Common Core. Yeah, but it's just like, but these this is the Texas Common Core, and it's almost the exact same thing. But it's called Teaks, and I have to learn. It's like it. Power Grid. It's like yeah, they have Power yeah. Grid federally too, but we got our own <laughs> one in Texas. Tell you what, we're so damn proud of Tell that. Tell you what, like uh, honestly, and I'm a little Texas. Five weeks ago, and you're like, do you know Texas have a, had its own power grid? Honestly, I would have been like, no, and I'd been like, but makes sense. Like, we need it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, God. God that's damn. so stupid. the rolling blackouts during the snowmageddon, <laughs> which is about a month ago now, I think. Yeah. Was it a month? I think three it was like weeks. three weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I was in Austin. Yeah, it was terrible. Um, no power for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. No water for some people. Too. Oddly enough, poor neighborhoods. It's weird. Isn't that, that like, weird? It's so. How uh, does the electricity know who has money and who doesn't? Oh, uh, it's. Funny? I well, because it's the rolling black. The only thing that makes sense to me is the rolling blackouts. Is they know we have to turn off some power. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And like, I I don't know what it is, but they're like, let's do it for the people who probably need it the most. Yeah, I know. I I, I, I don't know if it's because they're like because the rich people might sue us. Like, yeah. poor people aren't gonna get lawyers. Well, it's like our friends are rich. Yeah, and it's like oh, it's gonna be someone we know's son, and we're gonna get we're gonna catch hell. But if we do it for the poor people, you know. But well, it, the government fucks over poor people. That's not a surprise to me at all. No, it's not. But it's just like with this, I don't know. It's just like how hard is it to give everyone equal rolling blackouts? Everyone does thirty minutes. Random draw, thirty minutes. I love it. Thirty yeah, minutes. Yeah, and it's just like how hard is that? I didn't I have know. a blackout, and like I don't live in a very nice neighborhood. But like if you look around, you're like, yeah, this a this a middle class white class. neighborhood, and it's like just cut off my damn power. Just like, God, I shouldn't have to go and talk to a kid who's like, well, we didn't have power for six hours. And yeah. I'm like, well, I was playing Overwatch. Like, yeah. fuck y'all. <laughs> We're fine. And here's the thing is I could go longer because I have a car with a tank full of gas. Right. I can. I have friends. I have family. I can go play. Like, I yep. would be okay. You could have cut my power off for six days. Yep. Like, I'm going to be fine. And, like, they're like, well, let's cut off the power for the people who might not be. And it's just so fucking stupid. Texas God, government. That, that's that's the United States. That's the United Don't put States. that on Texas. That's the government. You know, it's, I agree. It's, I mean, they fuck over poor people. That's what they do. Yeah, it's, it's so fucked. But the testing is also bad. I mean, you got me back into my... Because when I was in school <laughs> for teaching, and then when I was first teaching, I was all upset about this testing thing. And it turns out I didn't have to care about it because I was going to quit teaching anyway. But um, you got me all upset. Like, you're having to answer for the testing of these kids, and they don't give a shit necessarily to even do well on the test. I mean... No, they... The pizza party incentive. That That's not the school. That's me. That's I you had to buying make, like, pizza. I am going to buy kids pizza who met a goal. And, like, I literally had a kid who jumped... From like a 42 to a 97. And I was like, hey, I, and I'm not allowed to say kids' names. Hey, kid, explain this to me. Yeah. And he went, I wanted pizza. <laughs> <laughs> 
So like a $3 investment on your end per kid really paid off for at least once. And I was so mad and so proud of him at the same yeah, right. time. I was Respect. like, yeah, dude, you shouldn't do well on this task. You know, honestly, like it's a bad lesson, right? Like you shouldn't just do good work for no reward. Well, and, and, and the thing is people think these kids are stupid. These kids are not stupid. Nope. These kids, like, I literally had a kin, so every, like, we have another, like, the thing is, we have, like, three tests we're, like that happen all the time that we're supposed to care about. Yeah. One of them, they actually give, like, the kids who grow the most from the last test they did to this, because they do it once a month, the first day of the month, and they'll go, who grew the most? And this kid, and, like, then the kid who grew the most in that class will get a donut, whoever grew the most from the last month. From the school, not from you. Uh, from from the school, I don't yeah. do this. One donut. And this kid looked at me last time they were doing, it and he went, "You know what? I'm gonna start." He's like, "I'm gonna start doing really bad once a month, and then the next week trying my best. The next month trying my best, and I'll get a donut. And then the next month I'll do really bad on purpose, and I won't get a donut. But then I'll do really good and get a donut. Yeah, right. And I was just like, "Yeah, you should." That's, like honestly, I mean, like. I mean, if you want a donut, that's how you get a fucking donut. That's how you get a donut. <laughs> and, like... <laughs> I mean, that's how the system works, so that's how you get a donut. I mean, like, and, you know, and there's other stuff in life that works the same way, so, you know, you're not going to well, be... Well, and that's the other thing, is we're not teaching kids to be good at life. Nope. We're not. Like, and I, and I really... There are some teachers who are like, the test is so stupid, makes... I understand the test, because if there was not some way to judge me as a teacher... Then, like, I could teach whatever I want, and I might. And, like, here's the thing is not all teachers are good. And some teachers would right. go, I'm going to put on a movie every day. Yeah. And that sucks. And so teachers need a way to be held accountable. But there are, like, things to where it's, like, we could be teaching our kids. I have so many kids with ADHD. Yeah. And it's, like, I could be teach. I have ADHD. Me too. And that's a reason that I sucked at college for a long time until someone was like, dude, set a timer for 25 minutes and work your ass off for 25 minutes. Then set a timer for five minutes and do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. And it's like, I should be teaching that to the kids. Yeah. Because that's going to be, that's going to do more good for them. That's done more good for me than Well, and you do that, don't you? And I do. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But I have to fight for that. Yeah. You have to be like, so no, this is fucking hard. I have to like bring up articles and be like, here is psychological articles that show I know this is insane, but 12-year-olds shouldn't work for 70 hours straight. <laughs> and it's just Slow down one more time. 12-year-olds shouldn't work for 70 hours straight. Okay. And it's just okay. like, oh, it's so fucking Little hippy dippy, but we'll see. We could the, we could be making sure that these kids are That's my biggest thing with teaching. Is like if you're like, what do you want for your kids? I'd be like, I want them to be 30 and happy is the first thing. And what they would consider successful. Yeah. And some people successful. I consider myself successful. You are. I'm not murdering it. But like, I'm like, I, this is, I think I'm successful. This is what success looks like to me. For I have sure. a garage. I can watch TV in. That's, that's TV in the garage. Owning a house. <laughs> a lot of nice decorations in the house. It but, feels like home. So like, I just want kids to be, when they're 30, I want them to be able to say, I am happy and I'm what I consider successful. Yeah. It doesn't matter what they make on my star test. It no, just doesn't. It, it doesn't shouldn't. matter it at shouldn't. fucking all. It doesn't matter if you can read a poem and tell me what a red ribbon means in this poem. <laughs> like, 
We don't teach kids how to write emails. Wow. We teach them how to write an informational essay. When was the last time you had to write an informational essay? College. College. When was last like who writes informational essays? Nobody. College students, College students. and scientists. Maybe, yeah. And no one else. No one else. And it's like, so if my kid wants to be a scientist, then it's like, let's write some fucking informational essays. Write an email. But it's like, hey, let's write a fucking resume. Regards. Let's learn how to write an email without sounding like a resume. dumbass. Let's learn how to talk to people. Let's learn how to change a public fucking tire speaking. on a school. Change my, tire. Write my, a checkbook. My, my kids public. Yeah, yeah. I have my kids public speak. Nice. I, and like another thing is like I grade my kids on oral communication, public speaking, and how do you talk to other people when Good. you're working with them in a group? Nice. Because we don't teach our kids that. Like, hey, guess what? If I'm working with Terrence, I, I have to tell my kids all the time. I'm like, I work with people I hate. They're, and like, they're what? like, what? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah. And you don't know because I don't treat them like shit, kids. Because you can't do that in real life. You gotta fake it. Oh yeah. And so like but we should be teaching kids that. Like oh, here's yeah. how you're gonna survive as a person. Like we I like I have kids who have a seventy two IQ and work their ass off. Yeah. And they're like, Well, let's make sure they understand Shakespeare and I'm like, dude, this kid could go work construction and make more money than me. Let's <laughs> teach him how to balance his checkbook because this kid doesn't have a work ethic problem. This kid's going to work his ass off. Right. He can live a great life, provide for a family. Let's, ha- let's make sure he knows how to pay his bills <laughs> and shit, but you want to make sure he knows how to pass his fucking test, and he's not going to be better because of that. Nope. He's not going to have a better life because he, did, he got a 42 on this test instead of a 38. <laughs> he would do so much better if we went, you know what? Let's teach him how to pay his taxes so the government never comes after his shit. Yes. Like... And, like, that's the sad thing is, like, there's these kids who just intellectually don't have the ability to pass this test. Right. And that's not me shitting on those kids because 99% of those kids who don't have the intellectual ability are my hardest workers. And it's like, okay, so once they get to ninth grade, instead of teaching them, they don't need advanced algebra. Nope. How about we te- like go, like, you know what? You don't have to go to these three classes that are going to do fucking nothing for you. Let's get you on a job. What are you interested in? You think you might want to build shit? Then instead of going to these three classes, we're going to have you be an apprentice for a woodworker. And now you can build shit. You can be happy doing something you fucking want to do. You can start making, like, good money, like, probably even faster than the people than your friends who go to, go to college. college absolutely you can start true. making like good money that can support a family right and know how to use that money and not blow it all and like we could spend three years instead of teaching them how like what pie means yeah like how to survive and be successful and thrive and no one wants to do that because you can't test that like i wish schools got tested i wish here's I, I wish schools would find the people who went to that school when they were 30. Yeah. And what say, are doing? how yeah. are you doing? How happy are you? How successful are you? Work-life balance. Where are you at? Because that's what matters. Like, here's the thing. I, I crushed state exams. I crushed them. In Texas? Oh, yeah, when I, when I was in high school, gotcha. I, I crushed them. I, I got an A on everything. It's called master's. I mastered every test I ever took. And for a long time, until I was like 24, 
I mastered every test. I I I almost shot myself in the face. Like, <laughs> but who, the test scores not who bad. Fucking cares. Not bad. It's so stupid. Not bad. So you don't want to be a principal. I don't. I don't. Not at all. I but, I never want to go work and not spend time with students. But you have some ideas. Yeah. God. But so do all, I guess all teachers do. But like you have some ideas about what will make a good school a good school. Yeah. But I mean, I don't think I'm. I also understand why you can't go up to kids when they're thirty and judge the school on that, because then you're judging on teachers who weren't even there. There's no good way to judge teachers. I don't think. I mean, like unless you're there, you just be there. I mean, like I, I yeah, I think that's it. Like, I have no answer either. I know it's not standardized tests. I just know it's not. I yeah. fuck them. Fuck a multiple choice test. Fuck it. Who cares? Yeah. I mean, I think we we need to like it needs to be overhauls take tear it down try again do you know um like the idea i i I think you have to pay teachers more like i i think that's the end of the day like not even like this is not me being like i want more money i think if you made teacher an eighty five thousand dollar a year salary all of a sudden like because right now and i and i told this because i have anxiety and i thought i was getting fired and like i had to like tell myself like who gives a shit you can make more money Within two weeks, like doing I'll anything start, else, I'll start making more money almost immediately. Fuck, with more of a chance to make money, like that's not good. So there are people who teach who should not be teaching, but this is a job they can get pretty easily, right? And but that's bad. They they make enough money to survive. That's bad. And so like, but it's also like, if you made this a ninety thousand dollar, eighty five thousand dollar a year job. That's pretty competitive. That's good money. And then right. it can go like, hey, you're making this money. We expect you to do this. And you don't want to lose this job because it's hard to replace $85,000. Exactly. And then you have teachers like, here's the thing is like higher caliber people. Yeah. You you can you can weed people out. Yep. More people come into teaching. I, I read this super interesting article about the fall of teaching. Oh, uh, God. And it makes so much sense. It go was... On. One of the worst things that ever happened to teaching, one of the best things that ever happened to the world, I'm not complaining about this, All right. was women being allowed in most work fields. Okay. Because if you think about it, before like it was acceptable to have women in the work fields, the smartest woman biologist was typically teaching biology. Teacher, yep. Yeah, now she's course. the best biologist in the fucking world. And no problem, yeah. And so like, and I don't think, like this is not me saying like women shouldn't have these jobs, but they're saying because we used to have people who were good in their field do the job, yep. Because they weren't allowed to get the job in their field because they were women, and now we don't have that. <laughs> but it's still majority women, is it for it, at least young it's, kids. it's still majority women, yes. But like it's but now, but if I'm a woman and I am, uh, I'm a chemist. I'm gonna go. I. I'm probably going to end up teaching chemistry because it's a sexist fucking world. Right. Now, I'm going to go be a fucking chemist. badass chemist, as she should. I'm six not figures. saying she shouldn't do that. But I also think there are Work people... Work for BP. Make six figures. I also yeah. think like there are people who go, I actually kind of like teaching, and I'm a kick-ass chemist. But like I, I taught a little bit, and I loved it. Right. But I could make 120, or I can make 40. Right. And like even no matter how much you love it, it's hard to love something $80,000 worth. I know! 
But like, if you went even like, hey, I could make one hundred twenty, or I could make ninety, and it's like, yeah, it's thirty thousand dollars, but ninety is still like I can live very comfortably, and I really like teaching. You get these people who are good at chemistry, but also yeah. have a passion for kids. A lot of people have a passion for kids. Yeah, like I'm like I'm not unique in that. Right. Like there are people who have a passion for kids, but are also like, but I have a skill that can make me one fifty. And like, why would you not do that? Yeah. And so, like, you have to love kids a whole lot. You have to, to abandon all that money. I, I, if someone was like, "I'll give you one hundred and fifty thousand dollars right now," I, I've talked about how I love teaching. I've talked about how if I became a comic who could make it, I would still try to find a way to teach. And if you went, "Hey, I can give you a hundred and fifty thousand dollar job right now that you're not going to enjoy," I'd be like, "Yeah, give it to me. I'm done. I'm done yeah, teaching. Peace." And I love teaching, like, but it's reality. That's just how the world works. It's reality, baby. Sorry. Yeah, you give me $150,000, I pay this off in six months. God and damn. then, like, I'm living a happy life. Like, like, and money is not everything. I hate the phrase money makes you happy, does not make you happy. Because it's like, there's been studies that are like, up to $75,000, it definitely does. Yeah. And, like, that, that makes sense. Like, let's get comfortable. Being rich doesn't make you happy, maybe. But, like... Having your needs met makes you happy. Having your needs met and having and being able to uh, spoil yourself a reasonable amount and be like, I'm not scared I'm going to lose the Take house. Take out. Yeah. If, I was scared as hell when COVID hit, and I was like, what if they just don't do in school? Like, what if I don't work for three months? I can't not. I can't live. Right. I can't survive three months without right, pay. Right, that fucking nest egg, yeah. Dude, like, when you switch jobs, a lot of times you go a month without pay. And I've done that twice, and each time I've been like, fuck. Sucks. What's going to happen? Sucks. I'm still recovering from a month without pay. Like, because I had to live on credit cards, and, like, I'm trying to... And it's like, no one wants to live like that. Right. And so, yeah, if you give me a chance to not live like that, if you give me $150,000 a year and all of a sudden something happens, I can't work for three months, I'm fine. Yep. And so, but we're not going to get good teachers. And that's, there are some amazing teachers. What does it pay in Texas? Like starting salary? Uh, it depends on where you go. Yeah. Uh, Lubbock, I think it's 42. 42? Which is like some restaurants, you could easily make 60 as a server. Yes, yes. Yeah. And it's like... It's just steakhouse, no problem. Oh, for sure, a yeah. nice restaurant. Like, yeah, you're right gonna now. crush that. Yeah, and it's and and they based on like what the cost of living is there. Uh, Lubbock actually like for the cost of living, forty two is pretty good. Like, okay, you can own a Lubbock. house in forty two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Midland, Texas, where I went and taught, and I told you I went there because they paid a lot. Like, Chicago cost of living. Yeah, they pay fifty two. Yeah. Because it's Chicago, yeah. Because it's Chicago cost, and so I lucked out because I didn't have to pay rent. So that's why I went. Is because I was like, oh, I can just rack this up. But I mean, there's nowhere that pays teachers enough to like really get like get going. Like to like right to like you can't be saving any money. You can say like some. That's like. But what if you have kids? You know what I mean? Like what if you? Oh, yeah, kids! No, this is me like as a single man, single dude. Yeah, being like it's 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 fine. But like yeah, you have kids. Like those those kids are. God, I hope you're you're a teacher. So teach them to do well in school because they need a scholarship. Yeah, you can't Fuck. pay for them. 
and it's just it's such bullshit and like uh, a, a Texas Democrat passed something about giving teachers like minimum salary seventy thousand dollars. Cool. And no. it's like that should happen. It's will never not. gonna happen. It will not happen never. at all. <laughs> but it's like <laughs> at least we can have some things like it's just the more you pay, the more you can be like, and this is our expectation. Right. Like literally, like I have like I know people who teach who should not like who should not teach yeah. and have not been fired because yeah. it's like where are we going to find another one but if we start paying ninety thousand dollars that's not a question because someone wants to make ninety thousand dollars and is pretty good at their job right we don't have to worry about where to find another one but we the the it comes down to like it's the same thing i i always say like not the same job at all but military and teachers talk to everyone does anyone does everyone think teachers should be paid more? Yes. Yeah. Does everyone think people in the military should be paid more? Yes. yes. Is it ever going to happen? No. No. Like, it just doesn't, like, it's like, yeah, we're supposed to say that. And they're both, like, a, a catch-all for people who just, like, you know, need a job, need uh -huh. something. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, and, like, it's, like, yes, we all think they're heroes. Yeah. But, like, do I want to pay $10 more in property taxes a month? I guess not. To get that? No, no. fuck no. No, I don't. God. Not 10 bucks. Not yeah. 10 bucks. Jesus Christ. Um, all right, let's like wrap this up. What do you what's that? Is there a, is there something you want if, if someone's listening to this for so, for so long? God uh, damn it. They're call, probably a teacher at this point. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> a hour and 20 minutes, whatever it's been. What's a call to action? What do you think they should what, what what can they do? What can they do if they've learned about this and they want to do something, you know, for teachers or something? Okay, like a, a call to action. A reasonable call to action. Yes. I would say uh Honestly, like, if you could, like, reach out to a school and be like, hey, what's some stuff your teachers need? Yeah. Or just buy a bunch of, like, if you have a Sam's Markers. or a Costco, go buy a shit ton. Like, here are things that I always need as a teacher. Buy a shit ton of index cards, sticky notes, uh, tissues, pencils, anything like that, and just give it to the school. They'll know what to do with or it. Or fucking, I, I would actually put this above it go and just be like hey like what can i do for kids who need food like if your kids if this is one of those fucking places that is going to be like oh well you don't have a 75 cents to pay for your lunch just be like oh you know what here's 200 dollars. i i'm paying for everyone like i'm paying for anyone who can't pay for it <laughs> as long as possible <laughs> Milk's uh, on me this God, week. it's so chocolate milk on your boy i'm gonna go on a goddamn rant, <laughs> rant again so i'm gonna stop but uh, teaching supplies, anything like that, like, and the big things are tissues, pencils, index cards, sticky notes, sticky notes, and just donate them to a school. Here you go. Donate them if you have a teacher friend. Donate them to your teacher friend. They might not show how appreciative they are, but Jesus Christ, it helps. if I, I mean, I went, I went through uh, twenty thousand sticky notes this year. Wow. I, I like bought twenty thousand sticky notes, and I. I have not gone through them yet. They're about to run out. I've got like 30 left. And it's March. And it's March. And like, it's just shit. Like, I mean, I spend so much money on teaching shit. Oh my God. And they make them spend their own money on it. 
Um, I mean, I had some supply closets when I was teaching, and they're like, we we do, and they, and they monitor yeah. them very closely. Though they're like, hey, well, what's that? How many yeah, is that? Is that, is that three weird. packs? I'm like, yeah, three packs. It's weird. My my school this year is not that bad. Uh, is not bad about that. But I have like worked at places where they're like, my Houston, they gave me a box of printer paper. Yeah, and they're like, this is your free box. Everything else costs money. Jesus, <laughs> it's like okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> Oof. All right. Well. Um, Thanks for very much for doing the podcast. Corey Evans. Corey Evans. Corey yes, Evans. Yes. Is there an Instagram or Twitter? <laughs> that, you? Uh, you can follow Corey Evans on Instagram or Twitter. Will you see me post? Probably not. Probably not. But uh, once, once every three months, I'll go post watch, something. Go watch comedy in your local scene. If you're in yes. Texas, go watch comedy. People last night, we did a show last night in Lubbock. was great. People donated in the tip jar. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Really, it's going to help me get some some gas up to get to, yeah. to, De- to Denver. It's awesome. It's it's this Thank is a you. good scene. If you can ever come to the West Lubbock Texas rules. scene and you're a comic, come out. You can stay with me because Lubbock needs some good comics to come and just yeah. visit. Not Lubbock has great comics. This yeah. this is me being weird, but dude, Lubbock loves seeing comics from out of town. Like they really do. Like Rena. Like people are going to be Rena talking about you now. Yeah. Like, it's like, and it's a fun scene. It Terrence is, came yeah. through like during the weirdest time. Yeah. And we still had a pretty fun show. It's weird. Oh, yeah. It's weird, but it was fun. But yeah, you get treated like a fucking king. And I'm like, you know, anyone can live in New York. I mean, like, I'm I'm not like the mayor of New York. They're like, how's New York? I'm like, it's fine. They fucking oh, hate I me there. Oh, put that as a credit on your yeah. thing. New I was like, York. Terrence Hartnett. New York. New York. <laughs> What's your first New York. credit? New York. They don't let anybody do comedy there. Actually, they do let anybody do comedy there. Literally, anyone can do it. Thousands of people are doing comedy in New York. And, uh, you know, I'm in the middle there. So, shout out to New York. All right. Well, thanks, Corey. Appreciate it, man. Of course. Man, how good of a friend is... Joe, I know that I know that there was other stuff going on in this podcast that there's teaching and whatnot, but God, this podcast is brought to you by Joe. He lives in Chicago. You can't find him. I never met him, um, but he's a he's a great guy. I mean, like that was some incredible. Be a better friend. He inspired me to be a better friend. I hope I could be as good of a friend to people as Joe was to Corey. Um, thanks for listening, everybody. Please rate and review the podcast. If you're listening to this right now, you must have enjoyed it. So please scroll down to whatever the whatever app you're in, scroll down, rate and review, or just text a friend like, hey, this is a cool podcast. It's about traveling around the country. You might like it. Um, personal recommendations always do a good thing for podcasts. Anyway, the logo to our podcast was designed by the inimitable Rudy Schultz. Rudy Schultz is a graphic designer. He's a freelancer. He could do work for you. Anyway, the <laughs> the theme song was written by the also inimitable Steve Gerard. Steve Gerard of Crown Blue Music. That's a band. You could listen to it. Stream it on Spotify. Put it on. Mute your computer and then go to work. Steve just made 35 cents. Thanks, Steve. And we'll catch you next time. Um, I'm going to go up to Denver. I hope... I don't know who I can interview between now and Denver. I'm coming right down to the to the teeth of it. I'm cutting to the bone. That's what I mean. I'm cutting this podcast down to the bone. Usually I have a little bit more room, but um, I may, it may not be a two-episode week this week. It might be just a one-episode week this week. Thank you for listening. I love you. Bye-bye.